We here at the Canadian Pyrocast love everyone and everything on Earth. But we also believe that everyone and everything should be mocked, lampooned, satired, parodied, and poked on at, because that's a quality. This program is not for children or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Your voice cares loudly or the water. You're not the way it won't do much good. My bass are so stubborn all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Deck the ship with cups of eggnog. Fa la 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 la. Season's greetings. <laughs> but more importantly, so gummy bear. <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? I don't know. I got, I got taken over by the spirit of Christmas. I was possessed. But now I have a goal. The spirit possesses me, and I hold in my hand two cups of eggnog, one red and one blue. Gummy bear, you have a choice. Will you continue to live the life you continue to live and take the blue cup? Or will you take the red cup and have a different outlook on life? It's become a bit of a thing in recent years, don't you know? Oh my god, okay, I'm pretty sure the color of each cup will not affect my life at all, so... That one. The blue pill. <laughs> it's not a pill, it's a cup. There's a blue pill in the cup. Technically, that cup is white. With red snowflakes. With blood snowflakes. And this cup is blue. Well, that cup is blue with white snowflakes. (laughs) (laughs) Finish her. (laughs) Snowflakes. Okay. Sorry. Oh my. I broke gummy bear. <laughs> say, say the line. Welcome to Canadian Pirate Cast. I'm your host, Captain Beckham Kid. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're a gunpoint more. This is my dog got spilled. I didn't know what to do. I panicked. <laughs> I'm taking a sip of my red pill, though. Eggnog. Ah, yes. Misogyny. Tastes great. What? I don't know. I still don't completely get... I still don't completely get the meme, honestly. I only kind of get it. Hi, I'm Gummy Bear. Hi, I'm Captain Kidd. I don't get... the second silliest episode of all time. This is the second silliest episode of all time. Well, or the first. We'll let you decide. The first was the first Feast and Friends. It was the first Feast... So this is Feast and Friends... During the heat wave. Feast and Friends Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yes. And now it's Christmas time, and a time to be festive. Exams are done. 
people are out. Consumer consumerism is up. Buying gifts and shit, keeping the economy flowing. Here, here. Praise be the economy. Let it save us all from ruin. <laughs> and uh, we celebrated with a bomb ass feast and uh, special things that are on sale because they're in season, which is important because when the apocalypse happens, we're not going to have grocery stores anymore. So you're going to need stuff that grows on the island and in BC will become a Mad Max like wasteland. <laughs> BC being its own territory run by Hong Horgensen no Big John it would just be it would be simple and apocalyptic Dorky be Dorg? Big John Dorg Big Dorg Dorg Big Dorg <laughs> never again his name will never be said right again it's the curse I don't remember his name I think it's John Horgan. John jo- Joseph Horgan. Or John Go- Gordon Levitt or something. So I'd like to say to everybody Jason? <laughs> Fucking Christ. Oh my god. Heavy rain. Heavy rain. <laughs> Jason! Jason! <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god, for every time. Fucking Jason. <laughs> Stupid clown. <laughs> He's the shittiest kid. Just doesn't listen to parents. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having flashbacks to YouTube. <laughs> having YouTube flashbacks. Anyway. We're already off track. Yeah. Completely. Uh, <laughs> video- this is the intro. What's happening? Video games aren't yet. Well, what's up is that we're having eggnog with the pirate-themed rum, which is traditional on pirate Power, ships. On right? um, no pirate on the pi- pirate-themed rum. Oh. <laughs> As traditional, it is tradition during Snowflake Day to drink egg nog. That's no egg that's been nogged. <laughs> and at the chicken pirate, milk chicken milk yes exactly chicken milk that's been nogged and added to a splash of rum which is in seafaring spirit <sighs> feeling pretty good okay so what are we doing here today so today we're celebrating the end of the year because this is the last episode yeah. before year to wish everyone a merry christmas merry kidmas if you will all right shit sorry before we get back to work merry kidmas and have a gummy new year <laughs> whoop whoop that's the best i can come up with i'm pretty i'm not a writer <laughs> my god i'm barely a commentator <laughs> <laughs> So we're starting off with Corrections Corner because I've, uh, in a, I thought it'd be fun to make a collage of, fi- of our favorite episodes, uh, our favorite moments, my favorite moments from the episode. And we'll touch on them at the end here. But the point is, there's some things I realized we haven't, I didn't correct that I didn't have the ability to. It's barely full gummy bear. I've drank already half of it. I know, but just keep it. You spilled more than I have. Not near yeah, my you... laptop. Not near my laptop. Oh, gummy bear. J- 
just because I don't want to incur your wrath. I'll take that. Well, we need it to record on. Then. That's that's true. <laughs> I talk with my hands, unfortunately. I talk aggressively. Keep, keep your hand at this point. Thank you. How will you know how exclamatory I mean to be if I can't wave my hands around? Extra paranoid about my electronics. That's fair. I as well. I also don't like people touching my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's important to me. At the same time. Either way. So, starting with Corrections Corner, though. Shit, I made notes here. Fuck. This is really old shit. This is really irrelevant that nobody cares about, but I care about. because It's I, the yearly review. <clears throat> yearly review, because I think it's good to look back on one's work and seen and just assess yourself and what you've done. And as I feel this is definitely my sloppiest intro yet, I, I look back and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Either way, sorry. First thing, though, so the Sisters Brothers... We talked about this as a Canadian book written by Patrick DeWitt. I just was... We are talking about it in our segment about CanCon and how it was classified as um, American, or for whatever reason, or the movie, because it was made, funded by an American company. Yeah, that was a really old episode. Yeah, that was like one of our first ones. Uh, but anyway, though, I said it was a war story. It's actually just a Western. It's actually an interesting Western where I kind of want to watch the movie because uh-huh. it has Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. Oh. So it's uh, I'm interested in that mashup, and I think it has like Jake Gyllenhaal too, mm-hmm. and some crazy gold thing. It's like a western, just an interesting shit. Oh, cool. We also talked about the English tickler cheese, and we wondered who named it. Oh yes. And it's I could not find specifically the name of the person, but from the inform- the general information, it was a cheeky company in the UK and Ireland named Devon Dairy Farms. It's iconic for its smooth, sweet, and salty taste. Okay. Who named it, but why? Because it, it's English and it tickles your taste. Because it's like eating... Oh, okay. It's kind of like eating kettle corn. I would decide, describe it. It's kind of like eating yeah. a kettle corn Ew, cheese. okay. Well, kettle corn's fucking delicious, man. Yeah. It's like sweet and salty. Gross. Oh, you're gross. <laughs> you're gross. <laughs> kettle corn's fucking great. <laughs> no, that's fair. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm not practicing what I preach. <laughs> I just get passionate for kettle corn. You see, Captain Kid is a soft spot for that shit. That's okay. I didn't say you were gross for liking it. <laughs> I know you're not gross. You're my. I wouldn't. I would I never just have. Don't a, like that combo. I would never have it. I would never like have popcorn. A, I don't know why. I would never have a different. I would never have other. Uh, oh my god, the deckhand is left out. I guess. Do you thing. want me to do it? I'm right here. That's fair. You're there, but you're injured right now. I'm from not injured. Of, you're what are you so. About? You're so tired. According to modern work policy, being so worked that you can barely move. I can move. I just don't want to. Barely move. Basically, you're you're basically one of the grandparents from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory now, bedridden. (laughs) Fuck Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Fuck Poor Grandpa guy. Joe. Fuck that. Poor no, Grandpa fuck Joe. that asshole. Everyone hates Grandpa Joe. <laughs> For good Poor reasons. Grandpa Joe. For good reason. 
<laughs> anyway, that was all I had for Corrections Corner. And I guess always as a correction, fuck Grandpa Joe. Corn gummy bear. That's, that's gummy bear's passion. How I care for Killer Corn. She hates Grandpa Joe. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he just lays in bed for 20 years. Oh. Sorry, this is really fucking good. It's from an I'm not going to reiterate it. Like, I think the joke has been overdone, but... It's fine. If you don't know why, fuck Grandpa Joe. Just look that shit up. You'll understand. I don't want to reiterate anyone else's point about it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. The original movie is still no, the best No, but still movie. fuck Grandpa Joe, though. Fair enough. Yes. I'm, yes, I'm not talking... Even... Yes. I'm not saying go watch the movie. I'm saying... Fuck Grandpa Joe. Even Tippy is saying fuck Grandpa Joe. Right, Tippy? Yeah. She didn't meow, so... Man, that was, like, something that <laughs> she's been reading about Vlad the Impaler again, is what she suggested about Grandpa Joe there. It's pretty intense shit, Tippy. <laughs> you monitor your internet habits. You're getting some dark shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Do we need to take a break before we go into the first segment as, like, we talk, break down our meal, or do we just go straight into it from here? Quick little seg. I heard you say... Loodle segue. Loodle beetle. Loodle beetle. Loodle beetle. Loodle beetle. Yeah. I said, let's just do a quick segue here. Okay. Take a quick break here. Thank you for tuning in. Tippy, I will pet you because I love you so much as a crew. I pass our sword from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the church jingle bells and the singing that's not, that's that not tells. The lyrics. <laughs> and everyone's filled with good cheer. No. But it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Welcome back to the Canadian Pyrocast. <laughs> Offer them as always. Kid. Becca. Kids Christmas album. <laughs> Kids Christmas album. Kids failed Christmas album. With such hits as The Chimney Song <laughs> and Santa and Rum. <laughs> Santa didn't come this year. Because <laughs> you were bad. <laughs> and I got broccoli in my stocking. <laughs> All classics. And who can forget? If you buy the bonus album now, there'll be the super mega hidden track called Kitties Ate My Chocolate. And one featured track with Gummy Bear Me called Lobsty the Lobster. <laughs> Available now. Everywhere you imagine it in your brain, <laughs> you, you write if you rewrite the lyrics for it, and that's the album. You have to do some of the work. <laughs> we can only do so much. <laughs> Our resources are finite.
Oh, here's what we can do, though. Here's what we are able to do. We're able to talk about food, which is what we're going to do. Yes. We had so, a feast. We had a feast. That's why it's called Feast and Friends. And we're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Yeah, we're friends. <laughs> I, I concur on this. So, the first part of Feast and Friends, Double Digest. I thought that was a clever yeah. name. So, what do we have for dinner, Gummy Bear? Do you want to do it, or do you want me to riff it off? Please. Do you want some dessert while I riff it off? No. Okay. So. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, not ready yet. Just give me a few minutes. I was really excited to give you the the Christmas barf. I mean, bark. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Either way. So, for dinner we had roast beef. 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 Roast beef. <laughs> we, we had roast beef for dessert. For, no, not for dessert. For dinner. Saying <laughs> 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 the car- This ain't the carnivore diet. <laughs> we also roasted mirepoix. Excuse my French. It's yeah. not French. I'm actually being half bad on purpose. <laughs> it's only due to ignorance. Anyway, <laughs> in Brussels sprouts with bacon, roasted red potatoes, and onion gravy, vegetable gravy that I made with pasta water and vegetable stock, and a crap ton of onions. For dessert, we had, we're going to have two, because we picked some cool ones out of the pile, sugar cookies, and Christmas bark. And these are two desserts that have been in my family for a long time, and I'm happy to carry on the tradition of these things. (laughs) So it actually means a lot to me doing that. So... But that'll be when Gummy Bear tries it, because I've eaten a lot of them, and I'm incredibly biased. <laughs> so, do you have anything to say about the food first, or go down the list here? Do you want to go down the list of the food? Well, I think we should just go through first um, how we cooked everything, and then just kind of like, okay. the what's the good things about it. Yeah. So, the roast beef is yours, because admittedly, I do not have a lot of experience with roasts, because those are kind of big family meals, and that's just not something I do very often. And it's just it's a loophole in me too. I do a lot more slow cooker things like pulled pork and shit. So how did you tell me? Let's talk about the roast gummy bear because that was all you. Okay. Originally, I was gonna make a slow cooker thing, but I didn't really plan well, and I didn't have broth and stuff, and I didn't want to go against whatever you were planning for potatoes and stuff because that would have had to kind of all been together. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do it in the oven, and I wanted it to be about medium. So it was about two. It was about two pounds. The roast. It was like just a little one, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't marinate it or anything. Mm-hmm. 
because I had fro frozen it before because I bought it ahead of time. And so I didn't really have time to marinate it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we didn't do anything fancy like make sauce or use wine or anything like that. But, you know, something like I simple is simple is good mm -hmm. too. So like, that's not a problem. Simplicity was the theme of the meal. Yeah. Um, and so just for your simple roast, um, went with about half an hour cook time for every pound and it was almost two pounds so about an hour cook time at 325 fahrenheit mm -hmm. for an hour um but i seared it quickly on on all of its sides first <clears throat> and i mean that and then pull it out and let it rest in some in some foil for I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, and then it was perfect and still warm and good. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's totally fine. Um, my things were timed slightly on. I kind of improvised, but I handled the uh, vegetables. So, okay, we did not do roasted mirepoix. We did sautéed, but it's kind of a, vers oh, yeah. it's a versatile thing. And... Mirepoix is like the most baseline vegetable combination you can use for everything in cooking and it tastes good together. It's carrots, celery, and onions. And I want to use it on purpose intentionally for this and the theme of like just, again, this is hopefully anybody that would be interested in just some easy cooking from scratch that you could kind of pick up off of an audio podcast. This would be it. <laughs> so as a flavor combination, this is so consistent. Like if you've had a good soup, it's had mirepoix in it because these are the essential things in like all cooking as cooking school, mirepoix and everything. Carrots and onions and celery are a job every day that somebody has, the kitchen bitch does. It's, that's the spirit of that baseline in, the, in cooking. So you cut these up. I, I cut these up into tiny cubes because I want to be able to cook them faster. So you go for a small dice, which again, hard to describe audibly, but it's like one to two centimeters, I'd say, or is that my interpretation of that? But somebody might argue with that. Maybe not one to two centimeters. Shit, and I'm I'm underestimating how many how long a centimeter is because I don't know my how my how my scaling is. Shit. It's ten millimeters. <laughs> ten millimeters. Oh damn it! Now I want. Oh, we don't have a ruler. Okay, well this is gonna fuck with me. Shit. Okay, I'm gonna have to dress this in the new it's year. Like, it's like that. That's two millimeters. Okay, a maybe centimeter. That's one centimeter. Yeah, like ish. Okay, so maybe my 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 I cut it into two centimeters, roughly. Okay. Yes. Okay, so two centimeters of this mirepoix, and sauté it in a pan with a little bit of bacon fat and olive oil, and just salt and pepper, and that's it. Italian rules, baby. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. Just simplicity. It's good, and this all it all comes together. Oh yeah, I forgot to say like season. I just seasoned the roast with like salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's always it'll it always they're easy roasting things that go really just again it goes with everything and it's anyone has this stuff anyone can do this shit. Yeah, cooking is that's a great thing about cooking. Anyone can do it. Next we have Brussels sprouts with bacon. They are in season right now too, so this is ridiculous. I bought 
Jesus Christ. I bought, I think I bought like 11 pounds for seven bucks. It's ridiculous. Whoa. It was ridiculous amount. so many. Cheap. Like it was, yeah. So Brussels sprouts are fucking dope right now. And they last really well in the fridge because they're like, they're kind of like cabbage where if you keep them in like a dry condition, they last pretty well. Mm. You just have to rip the outer shell out. The thing is like all you have to rip all the gross green leaves on the outside and it's like the kind of light green white shit that you want on the inside. That's what you cook. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like an artichoke where it's misleading in how much of the Brussels sprout you actually get, but then you take it out and they're really healthy for you. Although you're going to have like some really wicked farts and shits later <laughs> that smell terribly, but they're... Oh my God. It's just, it's truth. I think people can appreciate the truth, gummy bear. <laughs> they're fucking adults. They, we all poop. Everybody poops. <laughs> <laughs> So, we cooked them with bacon though to make them taste better though. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I just think that we should avoid talking. Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We should just avoid talking. Okay. So, I rendered off. So, what we did for this is we rendered off like six strips of bacon in a pan. Get all the fat in the pan. Then I also put a bit of that in the mirepoix when I sauteed that in the pan. But most of it, most of it went to the Brussels sprouts because Brussels sprouts have a very strong flavor, just like broccoli or any green. I think it's a tuber, but I might be fucking that up because I think tubers might be a We're potato. We're not going farther into this, right? No, I'm just saying though. But I'm just saying though for Brussels sprouts, my point is though that they're they have a really strong flavor. So that's why you need something like bacon, which is really salty and has a strong like that to come combat that. Otherwise, they just taste like Brussels sprouts. Which is gross. Brussels sprouts by themselves take roast. You need to put some... Roast them like really slowly. If you have the time, it's so good. You need to pair them with like a strong cheese or like a strong meat flavor. Yeah, or garlic. But they need to be paired with like a strong flavor is what I'm saying though. Brussels sprouts are not great by themselves. And and that's just opinion. If if anyone is pro-Brussels sprout, feel free to argue with me in the comment section. I'm raising my hand because I'm pro Brussels sprout. For plain Brussels sprout with nothing? Like salt and pepper and that's it? If you fucking roast it slowly, yes. No. Yes. Challenge accepted. Beat me on this. Slowly roast Brussels sprouts. I'll I'll do it. They're so good. I'll bring more Brussels sprouts by next week. Own me on this gummy bear. I I demand to be defeated. I, I like sitting at the top of my throne, but my god, would I love to climb back up and get it again. So yeah, dethrone me, Gummy Bear. Come on, knock me down. Beat my chest now. Ow. <laughs> so, the, uh, anyway, sorry, then we, so after rendering the fat, though, cut all the Brussels sprouts in half, you obviously remove all the outer green stuff that's gross, saute them in a pan with the bacon fat, put salt and pepper over them and salt is really important for putting it on obviously all all of your cooking because it also helps like for vegetables it helps draw the moisture out for meat it does too which helps like kind of tenderize it and shit like that so salt's important for like everything for anybody that's worried about your heart don't be life is short we're here for a good time not a long time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're here for a good time not a long time i'm quoting trooper the song's been resonating with me man anyway so 
after you've uh, sauteed the Brussels sprouts in the pan, and they'll brown up a little bit and it'll be fine. Brussels sprouts are kind of like onions where they can brown up a little bit and get a little bit black and still be fine because it's just like the char doesn't bug it that much. And yeah, like char is bad for cancer, but like a little bit's fine. It strengthens your immune system. <laughs> so maybe, who knows? Don't listen to me. Anyway. <laughs> Not a doctor. After you saute them, uh, press them with like a spoon to make sure they're soft enough to um, chew. Because again, they're really tough. So just, and this should be about eight to 10 minutes. Uh, they're pretty forgiving, I'd say though. Like, but again, not like you can't saute them for half an hour, but if you saute them for like three or four more minutes, they'll still be pretty like, they'll still be pretty good. They won't overcook that badly unless you're steaming them. Steaming will like overcook them really intensely. But if you're dry cooking them, they're definitely more forgiving in my experience with Brussels sprouts. But with your crispy bacon that bacon that you should have put off to the side after rendering the fat off of it, you crumble it up and then toss it in the Brussels sprouts for like the last minute to heat it up again. And then that kind of just, that's how you get bacon and Brussels sprouts, which is dope. And the perfect thing to go with a Christmas dinner or, a, sorry, whatever you celebrate dinner. Any holiday you celebrate. But that's not the only way to do it. Snowflake day. What were those things? What were those potato pancake things? Latkes? Latkes. Yeah, okay. That's on the, that's on the try list because I'm interested in that now. Uh, we also did roasted red <laughs> potatoes. I mean, these are important too because these are all like basic things you can grow in BC as a just a basic thing here. Yeah. Is a, I think it's important as a, for this food is. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Apocalypse. Maybe apocalypse with, feast. Yeah, maybe with the exception of like icing sugar because I'm not sure if we grow sugar cane in BC, although it might be possible. Uh, oh, there's plenty of alternative sugars. Yeah. So for baking for cookies and shit like that, but yeah, for the most part, I like to think that this was like this could this was as close as it could be, short yeah. of being like in the valley itself, because I can't bike that far. <laughs> I can't go to the farmers market anymore because it's too far now. My bike isn't capacitated because I will not share the road with anybody on the island during ice season. Yep, it's dangerous enough when there's no ice. So fuck it with ice. Uh, sorry, this is important though. So roasted red potatoes. Uh, dice these up to, to kind of a medium dice, which is about three to four centimeters, I'd say. And these, I boiled them for like a minute in some salty water just to blanch them. And that's kind of a, that's just a good thing to kind of reduce the cook time for your potatoes. And it just also helps them with the texture of it, I find. So after you blanch them, drain them, toss them in some oil and, uh, or I did olive oil, salt and pepper. Then you put them on a tray, mm. bake them off at a high temperature at like 375 convection or maybe like 400, 400 regular baked oven. And uh, just until they're kind of brown and crispy, however you want. Uh, if you want them crispy on all sides in a bake oven, you have to flip them. But in convection, they will crisp on all sides themselves and like mildly air fry, but not completely, not real air frying. <laughs> and... They reheat really easily, too, like, because we did these in the oven, then did the, put the roast in. We had them set down for, like, an hour and a half, then we just reheated them, and they were perfect again for, like, in the same day. Potatoes have a good reheat rate in the first, like, two, three hours or so. Mm -hmm. After that, it's, like, dead dead weight. They all, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> fries are good for three hours, and they're terrible. Unless you try to take them to go. If you make fries to go, they're good for ten minutes. 
Yeah. It's like a time warp thing where as soon as you put food into into a to-go box, it ruins an array 20,000 times faster <laughs> than it would if it was just being held in somebody's hand, walking. It's a conspiracy. Fun facts. We also made onion gravy, which is, again, my thing, which is I cooked a crap ton of noodles recently, so I had a liter or so of leftover noodle water which is that gelatinous shit we've talked about before in the mac and cheese episode and that water is a good way to reuse for thickener for gravies and shit if you want to reduce waste because like again all that noodle water can be a lot just don't salt it if that's the case though because then that way your sauce won't come out over salted that's a mistake i've made recently actually a couple times when i've made potatoes and salted the water because i'm like oh yeah because you want it to retain heat but if i want to reuse it for something else it's too salty now because you usually put too much salt in when you throw, like, potatoes or starch in, you know? Or it's a bad habit. Traditionally, like, when you're cooking in culinary school, it's really important whenever you're making a base for something, stock or anything, you never throw salt in it because you never know who's going to use it, so you never throw salt in it. You only put salt in something when you're making a dish, intended dish with a thing. Mm. I think is an interesting custom, which makes sense because I've fucked up that a bunch of times. As the last thing for this onion gravy, though, sorry. So it was vegetable stock, which is, you know, just carrot ends, onion pieces, and celery ends that I rinse the dirt off of. Put it in a pot, cook it for like half an hour. Vegetable stock, you don't have to cook for very long. Meat stocks, when you're cooking off of bones. Uh, as a, again, as a general thing for anybody that wants to cook anything this winter, as a general rule for making your own stock and bones, it's two, you simmer for about an hour and a half to two hours for a chicken. And three to four hours for beef bones. And then fish is like half an hour to an hour. And vegetables is like half an hour. If you're making stocks based on these things. So, Mary kid miss. <laughs> and that's the end for just our main meal. Uh, we had that all together. We took, we took a picture of it. That probably looks terrible that I'm going to post. <laughs> but it is what it is. Because I've been... So tired. My my season hasn't been over just because of school. School's over now, but now I'm doing my thing where I throw baking at people in an attempt to give them Christmas gifts because I have so many people I want to give gifts to, but not enough money or resources resources to do it. So I bake my family's recipes, which I love and are awesome, and that way I retain the skills and also I'm able to give out that love to people I care about. So I've been busy. Yeah, well, that's why we needed a break for the most part also work yeah all those people need to keep feeding people it's important especially this time of year it's cold now you need to pack on the calories this is why we do christmas baking <laughs> the sugary baking with the butter is to pack on calories so you harvest in the winter while you shiver and like chill them off calories mean survival so do you want to talk about food before we go into dessert yeah. <clears throat> so, what do you think about the what do you think about the theme of roasting for like our meal? With the exception of like, obviously, we had to make do with sautéing some vegetables because again, but at the same time, sautéing is dry heat cooking, like roasting just in a pan, right? So substituting it isn't too bad. Oh yeah, that was good. It's like a really basic way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think it's really a good way. It's a seasonal thing. Like roasting is a really popular thing. It's a seasonal thing. 
because the warm fire and the smokiness of it is kind of a thing that you want to feel when it's like cold out typically usually at in the sea in the winter season right it's funny too because december technically isn't even winter technically winter is motherfucking january to april but things a lot of things get just cold in december and that's when old september isn't fall but everybody calls it that yeah that's when that's when saints that's when saint nicholas the old catholic saints gives gifts to children and shit so in that season also shaman would give you psychotropic mushrooms for to trip balls on and uh another guy runs around with a black slave to give children there's a lot of interesting santa takes it's like there what yeah, that's the that's the um du- that's the Dutch one. Oh, that's disturbing. He has black Pete. I don't like that. Don't like yeah, he's black Pete. He's a slave no. that follows him around. They still fo- they still celebrate stop. him. It's, it's, stop! It's their stop. culture, stop gummy it. bear. No, stop <laughs> it! <laughs> There's one place. Stop it! <laughs> Do you want to hear about another one? I don't remember the name of the country, but no. there's okay. <laughs> I'll just say that there are <laughs> many diverse Christmas beliefs that you can Google that small isolated nations believe in that will blow your mind. Ooh. So I just want to say cultures are interesting. Okay. I'm tired. I know you are. It's from the feast. Well, that's the whole point. It puts it gives you the itis. <laughs> so I have some food history notes here for roasting, though. So roasting is a so defining, and this is just being over redundant, but roasting is cooking with dry heat directly or indirectly uh, with air, essentially, in the oven uh, or like over a fire. It was first done in human history when a caveman killed a feathery dinosaur with a rock and cooked <laughs> it on a stick over a fire. And that was the first time roasting was ever done. Chicken. Basically, it was they killed a, de- a prehistoric chicken, and that is uh, that is the history of roasting. Mm-hmm. Super historical. Yeah, we're living our roots, except we didn't kill the chicken ourselves. It wasn't a chicken. It wasn't a chicken. It was a cow. We did not deny did we kill the cow ourselves. You know what I did do though? You, we made it ourselves. So that's like quarter way there one day when we get rich enough we'll get a farm too and we'll get our we'll cook you will raise our own ingredients free range gummy bear it'll be amazing we'll have a farm ship we will get a deluxe ship so rich it'll, it'll be get like a, make, a cruise liner with like ridiculous mega yacht we'll be get a mega yacht ship that'll have a farm on it can you not see it can you not see the glory? The potential. So what's your favorite ways for roasting? Um, uh, tippy. I disagree. You should also get your butt off the computer. Tippy. Get your asshole off the computer. <laughs> oh, you're so gross. <laughs> I don't care. Okay? You don't see me wiping my butthole on your workspace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fuck. Just 
Don't say that about my mother. <laughs> oh, you bitch. <laughs> you made her mad. She's shit-talking me. And I told her there's not rubber ass on the computer. Tippy, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to disrespect you as my crewmate. It's just that when you rub your ass on my computer, it hurts my feelings. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. When you rub your ass on Gummy Bear's computer, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> what were you we talking about before? We're talking about food. It's important for to have a clean workspace when you're talking about food <laughs> yeah. because you don't want cats assholes on your workspace. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. This is the sanitation is an important part Gross. of cooking. This is my point. So, favorite plate, thing to wait a rate roast though? I don't know. I do like slow cooking things, but like you know, low and slow when the oven's pretty good too. Me too. Do you like ever do braising? Yeah. Oh, man, I haven't done braising since culinary school, but it was one of my favorite things to do just because the meat turns out the best of both worlds with it having, like, the tenderness of a slow cook, slow cook but also yeah. that crisp mm. outside that you get from roasting. Well, I didn't do that today because I didn't really feel like I had the things for it, but... Sorry, I'm probably not talking loud enough. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the... I didn't have the things to do a proper slow cook or oven braising so I mm -hmm. did that way and I think it turned out pretty good no it did turn out pretty good it was perfectly it was perfect medium thank you perfect amount of blood you rested it to the point of perfection and it was dope oh, thank you I was really happy with the vegetables and all that kind of stuff that that turned out I didn't because I didn't the brock the, like the brussels sprouts you could argue were maybe a little bit under but they weren't like for me they weren't under a like hard bit. They were for but me. They, they were, were still good. Yeah, they were like tender to the tooth. Where I'm like, they wouldn't be good for somebody that had weak teeth. But if you're a tough pirate, you got it. Yeah, or for someone who like really didn't like Brussels sprouts. Maybe, but it might be a little bit like. It could have been like, a bit. They could have been a bit I more. I like. I like it that way too. So. They could have been a bit more. Like that's what I'm saying. Where it depends. Like I was fine with it because I'm, my teeth are fine. But somebody might not like that. Mm -hmm. Is what I was saying with that. So, but the uh, the mirepaw was perfect though. That was like soft. Yeah, the gravy was good too. Had lots of flavor. I, you weren't a fan of it. Mm. Sorry, it was gonna be like the only thing I didn't really like. Because like I I'm, I mean, I only sort of like gravy like sometimes, and I I thought it was interesting how you were talking about. How you made it with saved up pasta water without adding salt. But I actually thought it was too salty. Or like, I'm not sure if it was that or just like the fact that there was a lot of onions with the veggies. So then like maybe there was just too much onions overall when you like included the gravy. Mm. It's just like, it just wasn't my favorite part and I'm sorry. It might have been. I think, though, so here's where it was not a thin gravy. I mean, it was like a chunky gravy because I had, like, I had caramelized onions in there. Because mm. you know how I'm I'm, 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 I'm a sucker for caramelized onions. You do onions. love those. <laughs> because it's, they're perfect because they have that sweet and salty flavor of oh, onions. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to the kettle corn. <laughs> it all comes back to the kettle corn. But I love that combination. If you, like, glaze them properly and get the scrape the brown off the pot, it's, like, one of my favorite things with them. So the chunkiness 
Yeah, that was probably not the best. I'm I'm not wasn't the biggest fan of that. That was more me just sticking around and trying a different thing. Mm. The the flavor of the salt seasoning of it though was definitely here, and that was me. I over seasoned it here because when I tasted it at my house, it had like no flavor, and I was like, perfect because I want to season it at Gummy Bear on on the ship while we're at sea, <laughs> and. When I did that, I so I definitely over-seasoned it here. And I did think that. But at the same time, though, when I put it, mixed it with everything else, it tasted fine. So I was like, by itself, I thought it was too salty. But when I ate it with other things, it tasted fine to me. But I'm also a monster, and I eat probably too much salt. Because <laughs> it's truth time, and it's like, New Year's resolutions, and uh, what are you going to do <laughs> next year? And I'm going to eat like less donuts and lose 10 pounds. Uh, I want to say, though, also, actually, one of my favorite things to roast in of all time was a uh, Italian brick pizza oven from a previous workplace. That was like a industrial, it was a commercial kitchen, or yeah, it was like a franchise industrial kitchen that had a stone Italian pizza oven that you got to throw logs into. And that was actually really fun. Uh. (laughs) Oh, God, that was so fun, though, because you... um, you got to pick everyone had a different style and it was funny because when you got partnered with different people it sucked because <laughs> some people were like very arrogant about loving running to really hot fire because they're like oh because get things done faster but some things like pizza like it's like bread you need to give it a certain amount of time yeah. to develop you can't rush it and even if you have it at the edge then you can't fit as much in so you have to like i always went for a medium fire because you can fit the most amount of things <laughs> in when you run a really hot fire you can only fit things around the edge otherwise it burns yeah uh and then the suckiest things about this job, though, and this is what I really hated, was we had a thing on our menu that was two connected chicken breasts. Like, you know when you can buy a chicken breast at the store and it's connected in the middle by that sternum thing? Mm-hmm. That would be on the menu. Like, oh. full-on two chicken breasts, oh covered in seasoning. Oh, it was fucking delicious, too. I had it. It was fucking amazing. It was one of the tastiest things I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah. Sucked dick to cook because, yeah. for obvious reasons, cool. you're worried about salmonella. And the thing is, the usual trick of it was, though, that you cut into the, you cut into the most round part of the breast that's sticking out. So yeah. not the pointy part at the end, but the most round part, yeah. the very tip, and then you could check from there, because that's the fattest part of it, while also making sure that it doesn't fuck up the presentation of the dish, because you have the crispy skin on the outside, and that's what's important, because this was like a Cajun chicken thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then I had, it always, always annoyed me when I had some cooks that were like so so sure in their ability they're like oh it's filled with tongs and like it's fine and i was like because again the point of this is that it doesn't fuck up the presentation and it makes you 100 percent sure right like that way you guarantee that it's safe and well there's fuck nobody okay i've never worked in a professional kitchen that actually everyone uses a thermometer it's fucking unrealistic it's something you do for the health inspector to get them off your ass but i've never and maybe for like some things when you're doing it for like a long-term buffet style thing you know what i mean i could see that like when you're doing it for like everything's ready before a big thing and then you get it all done but i've never worked in a commercial kitchen that serves customer base that thermometer shit because that's so inefficient you have to serve out things so fast you just have to be able to read juices and be able to tell based on doneness at least in my experience What's your experience been on that? 50-50? Really? 
I've never done that. I've had a, the most that's happened with me is I had a cook that like after a health inspector came in, a chef I did insisted on doing it for like a week and then it just stopped. <laughs> and that was it literally. So it's never been a thing that stuck around. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be for like every little thing, just like certain things like that. I guess if people aren't doing it right. Well, yeah, it could be. And I could, you could argue that maybe if somebody's having an issue, issue with that, then, then they have to do that. Even so, for me, I just never understood it because <clears throat> I always thought that visual way of seeing how meat, how all meat is cooked is much more efficient than the actual thermometer reading because the numbers are, the numbers are one thing and those are very clear and I can't argue against that in science and shit. But just like if your thermometer might be cued off, like, cause if it's not adjusted properly or you can't remember off the bat you get the numbers mixed up and you're not sure. Right. But visual cues, I think are always easier to remember. So like with chicken, you want the juices to run clear. If they're murky or foggy or bloody, then they're not completely cooked. Yeah, I know how to make chicken. I know. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying though. Right. So this is why you don't need to for a thermometer. You don't obviously you don't want it to be that raw and pink. Right. For, I'd say that the most, oh wait, here, actually, here's an example for a thermometer though. I want to give you, give this to you though. So when you, this would be for when you're doing a buffet, when you're doing a roast like this, when you're doing like a roast, like a big beef, a big beef, um, pot roast. Was this a pot roast? I guess so. Roast line or whatever. Yeah. For this, you would use a thermometer because you want to cook a medium rare, but you need to be a certain temperature and it's all the way in the center. So this is a scenario and when you use. That's what I did. Yes, this is so. This, for this pot beef roast, this is the point when you use a thermometer. But if you're doing like a burger by burger or chicken breast by chicken no, of breast, of course not. That's not efficient, and that's what I'm talking about though. So I've never worked in a job that's had like a pot roast or done a thing like that. Or if it was, we were like reheating it, so it wasn't our problem because I was always on the yeah. night shift. I never, I was always like, I was always night cook. Prepping was only when I started when I got to like run that one kitchen, and that was it. Uh. So either, sorry, my point, so yeah, um, so yeah, there are, there is reason for like thermometering shit. I'm just not talking about like on a burger level, but for pot roast and big ass things, totally. Turkeys maybe too, yeah. Oh yeah, turkeys definitely. Because those ones are so fat, you'd need to double check that shit. Uh, also, <laughs> I want to say I love barbecue, sorry. I know we have to wrap this segment up here, but I want to, <laughs> I love barbecues so much because the smoky flavor. I hate barbecue. Dude, it was my it's my dream forever to have a barbecue on my deck. I want one so bad so I can oh, make barbecues? burgers. Oh, uh, Sorry, I thought you meant like the flavor, like barbecue flavor. Oh, I love the barbecue flavor too. Uh, here, I I we're going to argue I about like that one day. like things that are barbecued. I just not a fan of like the like you know, like Smoky. generic barbecue like sauce flavored chips, you know, anything that's just barbecue like ugh, i don't like it i used to like barbecue kraut like the craft sauce when i was a kid but now it's too sweet for me i like like the really hard shit like I, i'll do bullseye but even then i'm not the biggest fan of that i like to make my own most of the time now i'm arrogant i'm arrogant enough i just make my own i just i open a can of tomatoes and blend it up with like sugar and vinegar and basically mm-hmm. it's better that'll be a thing i do a different day i'll talk about homemade ketchup because i make fucking dope ketchup <laughs> Uh, last thing I want to say, have you ever worked with a salamander gummy bear? What? Have you ever worked with a salamander gummy bear? 
Have I ever worked with a salamander? A salamander. Like a lizard? No, like the cooking equipment. No. It is the fucking worst. I don't know what that is. What is it? It's a type of ro it's a type of it's a type of roasting equipment where basically it's kind of like a long toaster. So imagine like a toaster oven that's really thin and long. And then it has like a high, really high flame from the top. And it's basically only point is to like quickly burn shit. Like the top of a French onion soup or like a quick cheesy bread and shit like that. But they suck though because they just burn basically. Yeah. They sucked it because they burn more than anything. It's like the most common thing for a noob to burn something in there. And it's like a rite of passage actually when you burn your, <laughs> focaccia, when you burn your first focaccia bread in there. <laughs> That's like when you're like, ah, oh, one of us. I think like the like, dude thing when it happens, like one of us, one of us. Everyone's done it. It's, so it's like. I've never done it. Salamander's burn. Well, you're not at this restaurant. Before we close this out, though, we got to talk about the baking, though, because that's an important thing, because I want to pass on my family's recipes, man. I hope my mom approves of this, but I think this is important, though, because I want to share this <laughs> shit with the world, because these are the best recipes ever. Seriously, I get told my workplace that I make the best cookies. And I'm very, very prideful of that. And this isn't like the, this isn't that recipe. That'll be for a different time. But this is, uh, these are my mom's Christmas sugar cookies and my dad's almond bark that I've modified because I can't afford can't afford almonds this year. So I used what I had on hand. Oh shit! I think they're over there. I left the recipes. On the shelf of wisdom. <laughs> gummy bear. Have a gummy bear sugar cookie. So, so cute. These are this is my mom's sugar cookie recipe that I rolled out with a bear mold I have. And then I did pink icing that we're I guess we're gonna post this too. And the little white bear. Because I because gummy bear, you are such a great quartermaster. You deserve you are sweeter. You are I know you're made of like gelatin, but you're as sweet as a cookie. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I honestly think that like sugar cookies with icing are my like absolute favorite holiday treat of all time. Like, all of them are great. Like, all the ones that come out. Really? Yeah. And I know this is really weird, but... Like, all the other ones, like Almond Bark, Almond Roca, or, um... Like, Marzipan. These are all great ones, and so many more, because, like... There's also these Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Drop Cups. Drop Cups, my mom does. Or those shortbread citrus strips. These are all, like, amazing holiday recipes that I love so much. But there's something about the simplicity of like the sugar cookie and the icing that is just so amazing. And then maybe a little bit of sprinkles for crunch. But I don't know. I just, I like it. It's like my favorite one of all time. I know it's the worst one because it doesn't have any nuts on it. So if like a baking has nuts in it, you can justify the protein. <laughs> no, but you can't. No. Yes, you can. <laughs> that gives, it makes it okay. Oh, keep telling yourself that. That's cute. I do. It justifies it. <laughs> But, yeah, like, these sugar cookies are my absolute favorite. I Definitely by far. Would you like another recipe? Sure. 
You sound like you're at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not at gunpoint. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. So, so silly. So, assemble this before you do anything. One cup of butter or margarine. One and a half cups of white sugar. Two eggs. One teaspoon of vanilla. Three cups of all-purpose flour. Two teaspoons of baking powder. And a quarter teaspoon of salt. That is, that'll be like thin granular tablespoon salt. Or household salt. Be clear. Mm-hmm. And uh, this cookie, so... My mom has a specific note in this recipe saying it makes about five dozen, but this also depends on like the size of your cookie molds. So I think that's worth noting. Um, but it's pretty on point in that area. Preheat your oven to 350. Cream your butter and sugar together really well in typical cookie fashion. All the cookies, cookies, you always cream your butter and sugar first. It's in every single cookie of all time. There's eggs in it. Well, then you cook the, egg, the eggs with that, but that's part of the creaming process. But it's always butter and sugar and then eggs. That's always like the wet stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you cream your butter sugar, butter and sugar together until it's fully mixed together. And once your butter and sugar are creamed, then you add like your eggs. Bubbles in the, it makes like... I've been having... Well, I've been having better results. Because you cream the sugar and the butter because it like... Makes the bubble like air... I can't explain. Science. Baking is science. Here's what I'm saying. I think we're saying the same thing. I'm saying that it's important to cream the butter and sugar together completely before you add the eggs. That's what I'm saying. Because I've had better results with cookies turning out like more crumbly and like better, like I say, more flaky and crumbly, like more flaky in a good way uh, from making sure that the butter and sugar are completely creamed together because that's what the girl from Cake Bread said. And then you add your eggs. So like you want you you don't want it to be like partially granular. Like you want it to look like a little bit smooth when your sugar your granulated sugar is mixed into your butter. Not completely, but like mostly, gran mostly smooth. And then you add your eggs and vanilla at the same time. I always put my I always just put my if eggs into a thing. Eggs in it. Yeah, I always put my eggs into a thing and also put my vanilla into the eggs and just mix them together and it just works out too. Um, Because it's always good to have your eggs in a tiny bowl so you can fish out any shell you fuck up and get in there. Because I always fuck up and get shell in mine. Yeah. So always break your eggs into a tiny... Yeah, yeah, always break your eggs into a tiny bowl and then so you can fish the shell out easily. Um, After that, take your flour, baking powder, and salt and sift it together. And you can either do this with like a sifter or with a whisk, which is what I did. It works out really well, but with the whisk, you have to be more aggressive because it's, like, wider, so you have to do it, like, in inappropriate motion. You mean for the dry mixture? Yeah, for the dry mixture. Oh, yeah. I've never had a sifter. I've always just, like, used a fork. Yeah, and it's a but fork. I've like, been, like, really thorough about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I just like a whisk because it's, it's, it's as better than a fork, but not as, but also... Oh, yeah, my whisk broke. Yeah, I get it. No, I totally get it. It's just that it's, um... But yeah, a fork is good too if you don't have a whisk. It's just that a fork always bugs. Usually do, a fork always bugs me though because it's um because it has those angles on it because it's like a square angle so it always fucks up. Where the whisk is round so it like just rolls with the bowl, which is why. But either way, you can do both. Is what we're saying. Yeah. One is just slightly better, but they both function. Oh yeah. Yeah, but both they both function and work. 
and even so, I'd say that I I even do I wouldn't do that over sifting though because sifting makes a huge ass mess. Sifting it's makes a fucking tedious. It's and it's tedious as fuck too because sometimes you have to press it through. It's really. I've been sifting for icing sugar to get a better result for icing. I got time for sifting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say later on I'll say shifting for icing sugar makes sense because it gets a much better get a much, get a much better texture. But sifting for flour, just use a fucking whatever I just said. What's that thing I just said? Whisk. Whisk. That's what if it's you called. Have one. If you don't, just do it with a fork. Whisk it, it if you got fun. them. Can I please try a piece of one of those with no icing on it? Sure. But you have to answer the trivia question for Canadian Pyrocast. Okay. <laughs> what is the color of our flag? Red. That's it. Red, yeah. No white or purple. You didn't say like what are all the colors? The background color is red and white. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess we also have complex colors because. Of the uh, skull. Yeah. Our flag is so cool. <laughs> Do we want to move on to the other dessert? Are you done with that one? Oh shit, sorry. No, I just want to say to you, I really appreciate that uh, that artist that did our uh, Tristan shit. I don't remember her last name. She's a really good artist though. And yeah. she did her flag. Just sorry, I really appreciate her because it, it's also that's how we started up. So, you know, just reflecting back on the year. Sorry for these cookies though. So, after you sift your flour and shit, mix it into your creamed butter and sugar mixer, and just do that by scooping it in slowly while you mix it in your mixer until it's like fully incorporated. After you have a dough or a, like a or a dough that's all mixed fully mixed together and not flaky. You roll it out on the counter, or take a bowl of flour, and you roll it out on the counter, or sift the, like kind of sprinkle the flour all over the counter, then roll it over the counter. You don't have to do it all at once either. I do it in sections. Like I break it into three balls and do each ball individually, that because that my counter is not that big. You cut as many cookies as you can out of this, and then, so I'll, when I get them off of the counter, I use an offset spatula. Which is like, how would you describe an offset spatula? I don't know what that means. So, it's like a spatula. It dips down and it's like super flat, like a thin line. So, it's like a small, basically like a <laughs> knife that curves downward. So, that you can um, <laughs> angle it. You see, you can angle it kind of more to get under something without getting your hand directly um bumping a counter because the problem with like a direct knife you can't get it under a thing because your hand will bump the counter because to get the knife completely against the counter your hand would have to be flat so and i'll set i don't know 
what you're talking about. Okay, we're going to post in the picture. I know this is hopefully... If you show me a picture, I'll probably be like, oh. I'm, okay, fine. I'm going to show you this because I, I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, we'll post a picture online too. Like, here's what an... Off, I want to post this on, my, on, our, on our Facebook now. I'm just like, here's what an offset spatula is because this is important. This is one of the best um, kitchen utensils I've ever found in my life. Seriously, this is like... This is one of my groundbreaking. This is one of the best. No, seriously, this is one of the best baking and utensils of all time. It's like revolutionized my caking and my my cooking. Oh yeah, fucking that shit's great. Those are so useful. Yeah, see, this is what I mean. See now, you see now, you acknowledge how awesome this thing I just is. Never had a name for it. Yeah, it's called an offset spatula because it's basically it curves down so that way. Because again, if you try to do it with a knife, your hand wouldn't be able to do it because your hand would bump into the counter. But the offset spatula goes oh, lower. There's one job where I had to use that shit all the time. Exactly, because they're really good for baking. They're essential yeah. for some baking. Exactly. It's a ridiculously good invention. So you do that to scoop the so I did that to scoop the cookie off the um off the counter. You take whatever residual dough you have and put it to the side and then you or or you re-roll it out until you fill out the tray. Then you bake the cookies for 8 to 10 minutes. I did it for like 7 cuz I found the carryover made them perfect so that way they're not too crispy. Um cuz I found 10 did them too crispy at 350. Uh but that was that. And then if you want to do the icing sugar, you do one and a half cup of icing. You have to do one and a half cups of icing sugar, three tablespoons of room temperature butter, half a teaspoon of vanilla, five teaspoons of milk, and food coloring if you want. You just beat them all together and on like a high speed until they just cream together and they will. Maybe do it a little bit slower so they don't like blow up everywhere, but just do it, start slow and then like end high and it'll just all cream together. If it's really dry, add a little bit more milk because if your icing sugar is really dry, you might need more milk. And then just do that until it's like a nice creamy texture. And then it'll kind of, after you smear it onto your cookies, uh, let it set and it'll kind of get like a nice crispy shell on the outside. It'll be dope. What do you think about that gummy bear? And what do you think about the plain ones too? It's definitely a sugar cookie. It's not like the best sugar cookie you've ever had, though. Um, I don't think, like, I'm just maybe not a fan of sugar cookies in general. It's <laughs> very, well, I mean, it's sugary. I think it's supposed to taste like what it's supposed to taste like. Well, I also understand, too, that I have, I'm incredibly biased with it being my mom's recipe. Mm -hmm. So I'm incredibly biased. Oh, it's, no, it's good. It's just like... I just wanted to taste it plain to see how much of the sugary was like the icing. Hmm. Well, for me, it's like the texture of it too, because it's like perfectly chewy too. Like it's a little bit crunchy, oh, but yeah. it's like chewy on the inside. So it has like a shell like for the dough of it too. Oh, sorry, because you only want to roll it to about a centimeter thickness mm -hmm. when you're rolling it flat out for a cookie base. It's a good classic cookie. It is. And it's like, so yeah, it's like my favorite seasonal cookie. And yeah, that's a recipe that I'm very biased with, but I highly recommend it for anybody. <laughs> and so if somebody try it out, tell me if you think it's the best recipe or the worst recipe. I'm curious. I won't be offended. I'll work with you to help it make it, be make it the best recipe. The next one is 
a modification of something my dad did, but it's kind of melting chocolate. So you can kind of, it's easy to modify it's that kind of stuff. So this is almond bark. Are you ready for this gummy bear? Yeah, I'm ready. So this is actual Christmas bark, and this is inspiration from a former shipmate that mentioned the idea of smashing Christmas crap like gingerbread and candy cane and putting it in there as well. And I was like, that's a good idea. And I was like, pretzels too. So my dad's original recipe is that you toast almonds, melt chocolate, and pour it over it, which is a delicious in itself. Like the oh, toast, yeah. toasted almonds are perfect with that. Like this, having them being toasted and not raw, it's an immense flavor combination. Mm-hmm. However, almonds are really expensive, and I didn't have any this year. So here we are with what I had on hand, which I had a crap ton of pecans and walnuts. So I toasted those. Then I bought a, then I laid out a bunch of pretzels, not whole. Every time I break up pretzels, it goes bad. So I just laid them out whole this time on the bottom of a sheet pan. And sorry, here's how you, so here's how you make the almond bark. So I guess I'll, cause this is really quick. It's melting chocolate. So it's only mildly different. So the original recipe for melting almond bark is you toast the almonds at 350 on a flat tray with a sheet of like foil or parchment paper or something for like eight to 10 minutes. But watch them. Keep an eye on them. You don't want to overtoast them. And again, it's better to underdo it than over because the heat from the pan will carry it over a little bit as well anyway. After your, um, after that, just kind of um, leave them on the tray or to cool. Melt your chocolate in the double boiler th- method that we've mentioned in the previous episode. For, for anybody that hasn't seen that, you take a metal bowl that's form-fitting to a metal pot with some water in it. And you keep it... On literally the lowest temperature. I turn it to one, maybe two on my stove. You do not need it even simmering. You just need it steaming the bowl to melt the chocolate. Chocolate has a very low melting temp- melting point. And so, and again, low and slow is the best way to go. And I don't, I wasn't actually trying to rhyme that, but like seriously, <laughs> it's, you don't need it even simmering on this as long as it's a form-fitting pot. Uh, so when you've melted your chocolate and it can take some time, and here's the fun thing about this. So my dad's recipe calls for white chocolate and milk chocolate and a mix of both. As we all know, white chocolate is like some, really like a chemical thing. So here's the fuck thing with this Christmas bark. So there was no white chocolate or any other chocolate like that because it was all sold out. And turns out I always thought that colored chocolate was just like white chocolate with dye. But it turns out that white chocolate is closer to chocolate than actual colored chocolate. Colored chocolate is like a bunch of chemicals and shit. Is that what that pink stuff is? Yep. So it's a bunch okay. of chemical. It's a bunch of chemical shit. So it's fake chemical chocolate shit. Yeah. It's fake chemical chocolate. Still tastes pretty good though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, yeah. you know what? This is sweet and salty, and I like it. So I don't just hate all sweet and salty things. It's just like fucking kettle corn. I know. I, mean, <laughs> I know. It's literally just kettle corn. I know. I'm just being. I'm just being a stinker. But anyway, though. So this recipe, though, the one I made, which is Christmas bark, which I laid. So I laid out full whole pretzels on the bottom of sheet pan with parchment paper under it then i toasted the nuts and crunched those up in a bowl and then rolled those over top of them too and they kind of filled the holes of the pretzels then i melted the chocolate and rolled it and laid it over that too so and i kind of just had um the again low and slow until it was perfectly thing and the one thing i'll say is that the regular like plain chocolate that's real chocolate melted into a liquid much faster the fake chocolate it kind of got stiff at first, 
but after like 15 more minutes it actually got like as thin and loose as the regular chocolate it just took significantly longer so when you're working with fake melting chocolate it takes longer to get to the same liquidy melting point but it does you just have to be resistant because it'll kind of give off the impression that it's burnt at first because you know when you overheat chocolate it gets really stiff and stuck and shit like that it'll seem like that a little bit but not completely it'll seem a little bit more loose and I think that's actually a really important point for anybody that's trying to melting chocolate because if you're working with this kind of fake chocolate, it's just a detail worth noting. Or maybe just like try to avoid using that kind of choc- non-chocolate chocolate. Oh, of course, if you can, but this is for doing anything in a pinch, can. right? This is for different mm-hmm. options, right? Because they're not significantly different. It's just an extra detail I noticed. Yeah. Uh, the final thing I top this though with is candy canes. And Ew. so I unwrapped a bunch of candy canes and I put them in... I would recommend a food processor because the blade is more suited for it because the curvature of the blade. But then you put them in a food processor and just kind of pulse them. Do not blend because you'll overdo your fucking blender. But pulse them until it's like a fine dust or chunky enough so it's not going to break your teeth when you bite into it. And then you just take a... After you've melted your chocolate and you've kind of spatula that, you just scoop your spatula and kind of drip it over your things until you get all the openings and every nut and pretzel covered. You sprinkle the candy cane shit over it and then let it cool. You cover in saran wrap or ideally a full tray so it has no contact from anything. And here's the crappy thing. You have to let it sit in your fridge for like 36 hours for best results. Because when you melt chocolate, it takes like forever to firm up properly. Otherwise, it melts really fast in your hand. You can do the freezer... But it's, yeah, it freezes pretty well, but yeah, you can't do the freezer. But again, for setting it, it's like having an entire tray laid out fully flat. It's kind of a hard thing because most people's freezers aren't that big. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Enough, yeah. But I think a fridge is easier. But again, a freezer, you can do it in the freezer too. Because the funny thing too, it stores really well in the freezer. To be mentioned that, it does freeze really well once it's set and you break it into pieces. It was actually a thing that we always had in our freezer and I would sneak it when I was a kid. <laughs> sorry mom and dad <laughs> i knew where it was though it was really good <laughs> you shouldn't make such delicious treats <laughs> but you guys did a really good job thanks anyway they uh but so yeah they uh it's so it's, i think it's just easier to keep uh let it set in the fridge but yes you could functionally do it in the freezer as well but also the problem is that, oh, I'd say, though, you it survives in the freezer in a Ziploc bag with no air. If it's open air, it might get freezer burn Yeah. if you let it set in the freezer. But if you let it set in the fridge, it will not get freezer burn. So that's worth noting. So maybe let yeah letting it set in the fridge, it has to set in the fridge. But you can freeze it in a bag once it's safe from freezer burn. Sorry, that's an important detail, too. And that's my dad's recipe. So that's, like, kudos to him, though, because he's really good at, like, melting chocolate and doing that kind of shit. He got me into that. Well, I think we need a quick break before we go into our next part. We definitely need a break. So, we'll talk to see you soon here. Got to be falling asleep. We need to give her some smelling salts. Toodaloo. One week later. So sit down, sit down, sit down.
Well, ladies first. Or sorry, gummy bears first. We're done on our quick break. Yeah. I don't even know what that was. Sorry, I, just, I had a brain fart and didn't even what to say there. So, <clears throat> funny story. Um, <laughs> things happened, and we're a week late now. So, we're, we're, we're doing the second half a week later. Jesus Christ. Uh, Christmas was pretty fun, though. So, that's that's cool. We'll get to talk about that now, I guess. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure was festive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my god that snow who, who oh can forget god. that snow and the power outage and the power outage with the power did the power have how did it happen on the 24th yeah shit that was like well it was just for some parts of town but it was funny it was, cause yeah. it was like some people had it quickly some people had it for hours uh it's it, it's a, it seems to be a coordinated tradition though is that when the first big heap of snow falls then we some people lose power because mm. the city can't handle the, no one can handle snow Specifically, the no no drivers in town can handle snow. <laughs> I, I feel comfortable in saying this as as a seafaring captain. Only seafarers are able to thoroughly navigate the waters in a safe manner in the Comox Valley. Anybody on a land rearing vehicle can't handle it. Especially those of you that try to rock summer tires through the season. Shame on you. You know what you're doing. Hey, you know when you're recording something and awkward edit. I was gonna say that it, it was a funny thing that came up. Is Gummy Bear has never seen Die Hard, <laughs> and so had? And, and had never seen Die Hard. And this is actually funny because as we accidentally got to see her reaction to me never seeing Jaws, uh, no one got to see my reaction, which was pretty. <laughs> It wasn't very eventful. It was like, oh, well, you should see it. It's a pretty good movie, <laughs> is how I responded, is how I stand by. But so what my, my quick anecdote here is going to be is that Gummy Bear, after seeing John McClane being inspired, decided to walk try to walk on glass barefoot in the spirit of the season, and it backfired horribly, and now she has hives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we, allergic to glass? We didn't, no, no, we didn't have any broken glass, so you stepped on shards of candy canes. <laughs> We didn't we we didn't want to break glass because that's expensive and heat's expensive, so we just shattered some candy cane and tried to reenact the scene, and it didn't go well. Now there's hives on our feet. Look, I don't know how the thing is. Just like I don't know how I've never how I had never seen Die Hard until last night. Um, but it's just so heavily referenced in other media's that I kind of felt like I had seen it, and so like I just kept thinking, oh, I'll get around to it. But not feeling like it was that urgent because, like, I kind of got the gist of what happens in the movie. But I'm really glad I saw it. It was really great. Well, truthfully, I feel the it same way. It was actually way. really pretty good. Of course, I've, no wonder it has the reputation it has. Well, I feel the same way about Jaws and how I'd seen so many references to the movies. I feel like I had seen the movie pretty much. And along with film dissections, because that's like my. Film dissections are like my guilty pleasure on YouTube. So yeah, I think it's a maybe it's a bit of a flaw of pop culture and uh, these pop in these movies that blow up to be this big because they get referenced so much in other things that they you can feel like you've seen it, even uh, if it's not yeah. the complete. Even if you haven't seen like really the complete muscle and sinew of 
the thing, but you've seen, like, the bone structure, roughly, and, like, you know, the important things that keep the thing. You've seen, like, the heart and the guts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you haven't seen, like, the muscle and the details. And I just said, because we're not going to go too hard into Die Hard. Oh, sorry, we're not going to go too much into Die Hard, but <laughs> yeah. I... But, like, as a thing, little thing to point out that are kind of a fun thing, like, Argyle, the limo driver, is that he has a little, he has a mini arc, and he's just, like, a, he's a quick um, comic relief throughout the entire movie. He's he's the comic relief or the tension cutter. Yeah, like he's cute. He's amazing, and it's perfect, though, because that's what, it's a good thing for a movie. That's why Shakespeare always has the fool in his plays. Like, there's a reason why it's a very important storytelling trope, is to have those, that, that relief. Uh, but on top of that, too, the even the the side cop that's like a desk jockey, he has a bit of an arc as well, right? In the very end, it's like it's a very well thought out movie, and so it's not just iconic references and Bruce Willis when he actually gave a shit. And I miss that because <laughs> I can't remember last time I saw Bruce Willis in a role, role that he looked enthusiastic to be doing. You could tell though he was like he they were enjoying this, like it's good shit. So yeah, Die Hard's a solid movie. Although that being said, I. Because again, Alan Rickman. Okay, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Oh yeah, no, I think it's worth mentioning because uh, like rest, rest. This is not an it, impromptu, full-on die-hard review. But, but let him rest in peace. I, but you know, already loved Alan Rickman. I, I I've heard he's good in the role. Um, his accent jumping was fucking amazing, and you know he was he was good shit. So he was my favorite part. Let's. That's it. I'm done. No, he was a very good bad guy. And, uh, like, obviously, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to talk, I I fucked up talking over you. But yeah, rest in peace because, like, I was so sad when he passed away. Yeah. Uh, Because he he was such a great actor and he he seemed like he was, he seemed like a really nice guy. That aside, his character, Hans Gruber, in this is a very good villain, too. He's up there with, like, eccentric, like, not even, I wouldn't say eccentric Bond villains, but, like, because he's not eccentric, but he's, like, a cold, calculated villain that plans for everything. You know what I mean? And that's that's the terror in him, is that, right? But... Bum, bum, anyway, so, yeah. And I, I though, it's not a Christmas movie, though, that aside. It takes place during Christmas time, but it's not a Christmas movie. I... Because Christmas is just it's happening at the same time. It's not tied okay. to any kind of theme. What, do you think it's a Christmas movie? Tippy thinks it's a Christmas movie. Uh, Tippy, I don't care what you think. You're a deckhand. Go fetch me some. It was rum. only my first time thinking. Uh, or my first time what? <clears throat> it was only my first time watching it. Um, and I've heard you know all. Again, it's referenced over and over again in media, and the is it a or isn't it a Christmas movie always comes up. And um, I'm actually on the side of it is a Christmas movie. Ooh, why is that? Because I, I told you, I, I'll say it again after you have your piece here, but I, I do have a quick thing as to why I stand by that I think it's not. Go on. You're just turning this into a longer diehard thing. Now. I don't mean to. I don't mean for it to be. Just it, it, don't have to get into it if it's quick. Just if it's quick, just do it, and then we'll move on. But I just because I, I can summarize mine in like a couple sentences. Well, why did they attack on Christmas? That's when there was the only time where some a bunch of them would be all in one room and there wouldn't be a lot of security and there wouldn't be a lot of people around. Everybody who wasn't there wouldn't be spread out on multiple floors. They're all there for the Christmas party on one floor, easily containable. That's fair. That's actually... Most of the police probably... 
doing Christmas stuff with their fans, et cetera, et cetera. That is, uh, okay, that is a solid point, actually, because, again, that would go into the character of Hans again, Gruber planning for everything. time of the year does that happen? Thanksgiving. Christmas. Good work for Thanksgiving. Everyone will be out for no, Black Friday. No, that's like one day. Like, that's just one day. <clears throat> Fair. Sorry. When it comes to, like, office people, they usually get, like, a little bit more than one day. Yeah, that's... It's I, like the Black Mirror episode. I don't know how office life works. I've never worked an office job. Anyway. Okay. Me neither. Me neither. But, like, it makes sense. It makes sense that it happens on Christmas. Therefore, it's a Christmas movie. Okay, fair. My argument for it not being a Christmas movie is that if you, I say you want to make it a Christmas movie, it should be, I guess, tie up with... It can take place during Christmas for whatever reason, but for it to be a Christmas movie, I'm air quoting right now, it has to tie in with like or Christmas thematic elements. So, Why? for example, that's what makes it a Christmas movie because it's tying in with Christmas themes. Why? I'm just saying that's what that is. Why that's that's my definition of a Christmas movie. I'm not saying everyone has to subscribe to that. That's how I classify it. So, okay, like I would say that most of the Hallmark Channel is probably not Christmas movies. Those are just stupid romances that take place during Christmas. Is this our friendly fight now? What are you going to defend Hallmark? No. <laughs> but can I just, let me just say my last sentence, here's my example, because I was actually, I always made fun of Home Alone for not being a Christmas movie, because it's just a home invasion movie that takes place during Christmas, but then I had to, I could, I, this year I caved on that, because again, I was like, well, there is, he does kind of have a character arc about missing his, have, wishing his family away, missing them, having them come back. His Christmas and, tree obsession. Yeah, and yeah, and he, it's cute. He cuts off a little Christmas tree, and it's yeah. So it's it it is. I think Home Alone is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is because Die Hard just takes place during Christmas time, oh, but it doesn't tie in with the themes. But that's fine. And again, feel free to disagree with that. But that's just my definition of a Christmas movie is with Christmas themes. I don't disagree that it didn't have to happen on Christmas, but I also don't disagree with people who say it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see so both I sides. See both sides. Well, I can see both I only sides saw it one too. time last night. That's my that's my opinion. Just on that one time seeing it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I'm not gonna fight with people who say it's a Christmas movie. It's a fucking Christmas movie. It happens at Christmas time. It's a Christmas movie. You do you. Everybody do you. <laughs> well, that's the theme of our show. Is you do you, and just we're just spouting off opinions. <laughs> but we, yeah, sorry, but that, as I've seen Home Alone over twenty times. Not oh, this I've year, seen not that over a hundred times. Oh, I'm not sure I would say over hundred. I probably just binge. I probably watched a shit ton of it when I was a kid, and as an <laughs> adult, it like I think maybe Home Alone is how you how you maybe Home Alone can be how you gauge how how old you are. So like in your youth, you'd watch Home Alone a shit ton, and then as you get older, you watch it less and less and less. And the longer in between distances of you <laughs> watching Home Alone, the older you are. Excuse me, I used to watch Home Alone when it wasn't Christmas. Hmm. Because it can be both. <laughs> <laughs> And also the slapstick I thought was very funny. Oh, the slapstick is funny. Harv gets like they get they, those men should be dead, <laughs> like in the first like hour. But we're gonna move on. But that was just our quick uh, diehard thing. Super so quick, like so quick that Gummy Bear is giving me faces because she wants this to be quick. I, I am trying to move the show along. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just right now. My notes, my pages are sticky, and I don't know why. Well. <laughs> Gross. Why are they sticky? I don't know. Like, do you see that? Why is it so sticky? 
Oh, it's probably the from the baking because I probably had this out when I was baking. So it's all the sugar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, quick note here. Okay, before we move on. Oh no, never mind. I was just about the power. I was about the power outage and people not being able to handle the snow. <laughs> I was like, this is commenting. That's why Vancouver shuts down when they get a quarter. Stubby. Sorry. I was com- I was just sorry. I was just commenting on that. This Vancouver shuts down when they get a quarter inch of snow because they acknowledge that nobody down there is capable of driving in snow. So it's safer if they just shut the entire city down. And I think we should adopt a similar policy in the Comox Valley. <laughs> just acknowledge that nobody can drive in snow, and everyone thinks they can, but nobody can actually do it. Everyone just thinks they can. Well, let's just shut down the entire city when we get snow. Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> unless you're a seafaring vessel like ours. Okay, shit, back to my sticky notes. So, <laughs> we have uh, our traditional Feast and Friends segment, Friendly Fights. And when I say traditional, I mean as if we've only named this segment as of like last month, because we finally figured it out. It took <laughs> us a, nine months, but we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So you ready for this coming bear? All right. So before we establish rules, which we, you know, project for future Captain Kid, <laughs> you can pick of these which to debate for, and I will pick the which to debate for. And I'll tell you the topics what you have to do, okay? So, and you get first pick of everything, so it's fair, because I've written this stuff down, okay? Okay. Or it's as fair as it can be. Okay. Okay. So, what is the best treat for the Xmas winter season? And this will be the three the three things we quickly categorizing going forward through is the best use in baking, the most efficient use in warfare, and why it is the best. Okay. Okay. And no pressure, but if you don't, that feels really pressury though. Okay. Well, they shouldn't. So. <laughs> well, hello, Stubby. Yes, I'll pet you. I, would, I can always pet you, Stubby. The favorite dead cat. Oh, shit. Now Tippy's giving me the cold shoulder. So, the four holiday treats that you can get to pick from are candy cane, eggnog, gingerbread, and pumpkin spice. Candy cane. Candy cane? Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'll pick the next. I'll, okay, so I will. You pick... think I'm an idiot or something? <laughs> well, I didn't hire someone smarter than me. <laughs> At least that's what I think. I don't know though. For all I know, you are smarter than me, and you're secretly running the show. Oh my god, you guys! I think she's actually running the show. <laughs> I think I'm the pawn in this. Okay, so I will pick. Eggnog. Okay. Nope, I actually changed my mind. I'm gonna pick gingerbread. <laughs> I was gonna make I realized the only argument I have for eggnog is you can make it alcoholic. I can't think of another argument to have eggnog in my life. <laughs> okay, gingerbread is what I pick. Okay. Okay. So you get to start gummy bear. Or no who what are you the argument thingies? Pick who go no, you can pick who goes first on this if you want time to pick out your stance on this, or you can you, go first you if you can want go to. First. Okay, the best use in baking is the first category, first okay. thing to talk about. Shit. 
shit. So, <laughs> candy cane is the best for baking because, or sorry, no, candy cane. Ah, shit, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you were so set on candy cane. I was so set on candy cane. That's where I, that's where I did all my research. <laughs> I just hoping you didn't pick it. So, gingerbread is the best for baking because you can functionally bake it. What is candy cane? It's just melted sugar that you like mold into a cane and it's fragile and shit. You can't do anything with it. Gingerbread, though, you can bake solid gingerbread. You can put it in different shapes and sizes. You can make it into whatever you want. You can bake gingerbread into men, women, or thems. It doesn't matter. I don't want to aid to your case, but you don't even have to shape gingerbread. You can, you can bake it into squares. Into, like, you can bake it into squares and structural things, all in the building of a house. And what does every person, every human want, if not the independence, to build their own house with their own two hands? Like in America. <laughs> no, no, I remember, oh my god, you remember at the beginning of the podcast I talked about this this ad? I kept getting this home hardware ad I kept getting that was like, Canadians are builders. We're made of building. Oh yeah. And building the builders. So come to home hardware and, and get the building builder <laughs> stuff. <laughs> So you don't even have to say America. I mean, obviously, this is the Canadian pirate cast. It could be. I don't but know. But you don't have to make the America joke. You can make the Canada joke. You can do it for Canada, too. But I don't know why. I guess it was like, it just, I was thinking, every time I was talking about building a house, I was thinking for Red Dead Redemption 2 for some reason. Because <laughs> you that's a, like it's a 10-minute minigame building your house in that game. That sounds really cute. It is cute. It's great. It's a, it's a good moment. But no, sorry, that's not what that's about. Um, but that's, uh, sorry, that's my introduction on gingerbread. Okay. Your uh, rebuttal now What's for candy cane. What's the, the baking? Yes. Yeah, so it's what is its or the best use in baking? <clears throat> I don't know how to make candy canes. <laughs> and I've never used them. What's the best use in baking, though? I've never used them. You must be able to use them in some kind of baking lesson, though, in something like that, you though. No, I, I haven't done it. I know you have, which is funny. It's just funny. You really wanted to choose candy cane. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> tell you. you just as, as, I, I realize that we're on opposing sides right now, but as your, as your, as your friend and opponent, I can offer you this: is that <laughs> you don't have to know about a subject to debate about it. Oh, I know. MSNBC and Fox News prove this all the time. <laughs> two out of three categories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I will say though. What's up? Once it is made, it's minty. Mm, it's and you can either crunch on it if you want. Well, mint is different than peppermint, right? You can just let it melt or whatever in your mouth. You can choose how to eat it. You can go whatever way you're feeling. <laughs> and then you, and then you're minty fresh. Pepperminty fresh. Peppermint fresh. Peppermint because pepper, oh no, I will say this. I will say this. Peppermint is very different than mint. Candy canes. I don't care what color you want to stripe them in. Don't give a shit about that. But they are supposed to be minty. So if you if you, if you're one of those motherfucking weirdos who likes skittle flavored or like strawberry ass fucking flavored candy canes, why? Because you could just get some skittles. You can just eat a strawberry flavored candy. Why do you need that to be in a cane shape? Candy canes 
need to be peppermint only. And that has nothing to do with the debate subject. I'm just, I just need to say my opinion because we're filling up time here. Was the impartial moderator? I was gonna ask how you feel about non peppermint flavored candy canes. So I'm so happy you did that without me, without me having to be moderator. Why do we need that? I agree with you. I've never had an alternate tasting candy cane that tasted good. They all taste like a worse version it's of whatever so they're gross. supposed. They're supposed to taste like a worse version of whatever they're supposed to taste like. Yeah. Just like the Oreos. Seriously, flavored. Oh my god. Other alter flavored alternate flavored Oreos are the same thing. Yeah. You know what else? What? Oreo flavored candy cane. Oh, gross! Is that a thing? It is a thing. Oh my god, that's so it's, it's fucking disgusting. It's very terrible. I've tried it. Oh my god, gross! Mm-hmm. I've put a lot of fucked up things in my mouth. That is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that will never happen. Okay, next uh, category: most efficient use in warfare. Would you like to go first or second? Candy canes can be sharpened. That is all. Can I give you one point in your category as a as a helping thing? Have you ever, did you ever see the remake of Black Christmas? No. So this crazy guy with jaundice, who's like the main killer in the movie, he gets a candy cane as part of his asi- insane asylum meal, and he like melts it in his mouth into a shiv, and he stabs the orderly, and that's how he escapes. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. Are you spearing. <laughs> You know why uh, you're really good at throwing like knives or whatever, but no, it's a candy cane, and then and then like you just like whip it, and it's like a fucking unrealistic action movie, and it goes like. That's that's it, and my my part is over. Your turn, gingerbread. Gingerbread can be built into the most magnificent magnificent structures based on the quality because it's versatile <laughs> enough to be baked into a soft <laughs> item but it can also be baked into a hard rigid firm item and not just one that's brittle but also one that's structured and stands strong combined with its mortal partner royal icing can erect structures the likes of which you can't even comprehend. I'm talking about buildings that can last for weeks on end in an open display without showing a hint of mold or corruption. What about rain? What about rain for candy canes, Gummy Bear? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest, gingerbread doesn't handle rain very well, but uh, how does uh, pure sugar handle rain? It sounds like you're going for the fortress argument. And that would be the defense instead of an offense. Whereas, like, the rain wouldn't affect it if you're just whipping it at someone. Like, if you have it dry and then you whip it out and you fucking fling it at someone's eyeball. And the sharp part, like, the rain isn't going to make the sharp part not... During siege warfare, when you are outside your enemy's walls and your rations are thin and you need food to last a long time, gingerbread has a shelf life better than that of a candy cane. Gummy bear. What about when you're in your soggy gingerbread fortress and nobody is is it's impenetrable to the outside, but then the fucking roof collapses onto you? Then that's dinner. Your soldiers take tragedy and they eat it for breakfast, and then they go kick gummy, then they go kick <laughs> your ass and break through your candy cane walls. 
Your candy cane. I never said we're going to make walls out of the candy cane. Your candy cane weapons. Your candy cane shifts. (laughs) On top of that, (laughs) gingerbread gives again, it can feed our soldiers and sustain them and ration them throughout warfare (laughs) as an everlasting substance like those military protein packs. Candy cane can do that too. There's no nutrients whatsoever in candy cane, but there's some carbohydrates within gingerbread, so it's just, it'll do a better job sustaining. I'm if sorry, you live but off all sugar, it's carbohydrates. But carbohydrates take longer to break down in your body. Canes. But candy canes are a simple sugar that break down immediately and give you a quick sugar high, and then a big or a sugar. It would crash. still sustain somebody. Gingerbread sustains you better than that of a candy cane, though, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it does it well, but it does it better than candy canes. Jeez. I need a real simulation. Like, obviously, we couldn't. It would be really unhealthy for either of us to test this theory. Of like, only you ate. Siege you war. ate only. No, if you ate only gingerbread and I ate only candy canes, and see who like who like was like more, like supersized me. Who, like, who was more ready see, for warfare? See, see who was like had more energy, or like was like like we would both be wrecked. I pay. I pay to see that show. I see. I'd, I'd pay for. I'd pay that for. Okay, what's the next one? Uh, why is it the best? Your turn. Classic functionalist thing. Okay. <sighs> Gingerbread is the best because of versatility. Because, again, into realist, going into realistic pur- purposes of it, you can build your gingerbread houses for it, and it lasts a really long time. Like, gingerbread contests um, work in there because they don't develop very well because it's very dry, crackery bread. But then it's also very versatile in how you form it. That's why you can build elaborate gingerbread um like structures and artifacts like again in a form in a former culinary thing i built like a great what or a, sorry great white whale no sorry killer whale it's free willy i built free willy out of gingerbread because you can just bake it into a cone and mold it as such and then just cover it and um and it'll last like a lot and it like holds that form it holds its form on top of that though it's good as an edible thing as well though because again a long lasting cookie and then it's like a classic christmas staple that goes well and I'm not the biggest fan of, like, hard gingerbread, but if you can find, like, a soft gingerbread cookie, that's, like, money right there for Christmas. But for the edible ones, never do royal icing, because royal icing is not for actual human consumption. It's for engineering structuring, or food structuring in food contests. Uh, but for actual edible gingerbread, I'd just say with go, like, a little bit of actual, like, just regular icing, just for, like, a little decorative thing. Just make it look pretty. Candy cane's the best because it's part of the decorations that you would put on a gingerbread house to make it actually look and taste good. Mic drop. Yeah, but what's that candy cane built on? Why does it have to be there? Because the gingerbread's the foundation. And the candy cane has nothing to sit on if the gingerbread isn't there in the first place. But Boom. you could just eat it by itself. You can eat it the gingerbread. You can eat the gingerbread by itself. But does anyone good. want to fucking eat gingerbread by itself? <laughs> or why do you need to put candy cane on it to make it edible? You don't need gingerbread to put is on gin- gingerbread edible. is always decorated with icing and different treats such as candy cane and peppermints and chocolates and jellies and you know why that is it's because nobody fucking likes it by itself unlike candy canes candy canes are fragile they can't hold up 
what they cl- what they're supposed to. They're not supposed to hold anything up. They hang on things. That's why they're made like hooks. So why are they not called candy hooks? Because they're, they're not, canes. It's not, it's, it's not a very good cane because though. They're... You can't do what a cane's supposed to do. On top of that too, you know what? what? Kind of G- fucking... Candy cane is sold out though. Gingerbread is still pure and good by itself. Candy cane is sold out worse in having its melting flavors. It's a sellout. It's corporations at their worst now. It's literally like the most commercial parts of Christmas. Vote with your wallet. Don't buy the misflavored candy canes. You can make your own gingerbread at home. People have to go buy candy canes. I'm going to learn how to make a fucking candy cane. Do it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll try it when you make it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us who you thought won. Yes. Please tell us who you thought won. Validate one of because our we're just going to keep arguing about it now. <laughs> well, it'll make us one of us. You will wanted do to pick dance. candy cane, so I know you in your heart you believe candy canes are really the best. No, I just told you that so you'd pick it so I could be with gingerbread. Controlled opposition. <laughs> Strategic voting. <laughs> QAnon. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so you're crazy. Okay. All right. How dare you offend the good people of QAnon? No, no, no. That's, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm just fucking joking. You know they thought JFK no. was going to come back to life? That's so funny. No joke. They thought that JFK was yes, going to come back to life. Yes. And then like a week later, they thought JFK Jr. was going to come all... back to life to read. No, he's going to come out into the out of the open to reinstate Donald Trump. It's all very aliens. <laughs> I think so... it's a 4chan troll, honestly. That's where my money's on. <laughs> I think that's where it started. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, next category. Oh. Be- okay. Oh, we just had two more. Oh. Best roasting meat. So... Oh. Why is it the best to use, or why is it the best to use? What's its versatility in cooking, and what's the best part of meat? Or sorry, what's the best part of the meat? So there's pig, chicken, cow, and baby seal. Have you ever had the last one? Daily. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bet. Oh man. I wasn't ready for this. Okay. What were the options again? Pig, chicken, cow, or baby seal. Okay. And if, sorry, baby seal made you anyone react, uh, the first thing I had written down was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down, sit down. So, Gummy Bear, have you picked your meat of choice? Yes, I thought about it. And I choose chicken. All right. I picked the pig. <laughs> okay, interesting. What's, uh, what's your first, uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Are there subcategories for this category? <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so yes, here. So we have versatility in cooking. The best part of the meat. That's like the something the we'd say is the best argument for that piece. 
And then if you want, say why it's good in combat. <laughs> oh, I feel like I feel like I'm not gonna be able to articulate this one as well. You go first, please. Okay. The pig is the best animal, slay, nay, <laughs> the best meat for humans to consume because of how efficient it is. They There is an abundance of hogs, and here's the thing. Pigs, because they're not a, a natural species to North America, they are invasive, and when they're in the wild, and there are problems in certain parts of, the, certain parts of uh, South America, southern united states so they are efficient for feeding people for any uh, amount of uh, lack of meat on people's plates the solution is pigs they breed well and the only one of the only problems is why they get so disgusting is because of how factory farms are like how factory farms run but if those are taken out of the equation pig can be completely healthy and nutritious for you nutritious nutritious for you on top of being the best tasting meat and i don't think i have to advocate too hard for bacon because it's awesome <laughs> However, there are other good parts of it, too. Pork loin is fucking amazing for roasting in the oven. Oh, sorry. That'll be the next thing. It's for still cooking, but I'm just saying. I have other things to say. But, like, pigs are the best and most versatile with various meats. And the only reason why it's not a more mainstream meat is because it fluctuates in the market regularly in how, in how expensive it is. It's not like chicken where it's consistently expensive. It goes up and down. Chicken's not expensive. Consistently, usually it is. No most, way, mo- no way. Chicken's way cheaper. Most of the time, chicken. No, no way. Ooh. Pig is way cheap. Pig is Dis- way cheaper no, than chicken. No, it is not. Yes, it is. No disagreement. Money. Oh, okay, I'll look this up while you do your while you do your segment because honestly, he's right on this. But well, I do my segment that I didn't prepare for. Chicken's way cheaper. I'm ramble. Well, I think chicken's really versatile. I mean, there's different kinds. My screen's not working. <laughs> There's, you know, like, you can do a whole chicken, you can slow cook it, or put it in the pan, or... I I feel like I sound like a fucking idiot, so I don't like this segment. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, you can brine it. I mean... Chick- I mean, the- there isn't really that much of a difference between all of the meads, uh, really, that, that um, other than steel, which I wouldn't know anything about, which I wouldn't even assume that you would want to roast seal because it's, it's, it's probably mostly chosen for the high fat content in the north, as most high north foods are, for preservation reasons, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, but like all all three, like chicken, beef, pork. When you're talking about roasting, and and uh, I was just cooking them in general. They're all pretty versatile, and they all have different parts of them and different things you can do, and infusing flavors into them different ways. <laughs> so. It's hard to say anything that's just like, oh, this is specific to chicken, because anything that I, I, that's why, like, anything that I could say could apply to any of them, other than the fact that beef can be, other than ground beef can be rare. 
So I found a thing for Canadian food prices. Now, <laughs> here's the thing: this you it for off the bat here it says you're right, but also this all uh, this also this is some um, this isn't like a this isn't like a super like I definitely would know the source is accurately credible for the most detrimental thing. But off the bat here it does say you're right significantly that chicken in 2020 was. Sorry, chicken in 2020 is on average about 7.21 per kilogram, where pork chops are 12.15 per kilogram. But I'm also I wonder about that. So it's like, is pork chop the cheapest part of the pork off the bat, or is that the most expensive part of the pork pork off the bat? I don't actually I don't know. know that. Sorry. I just know that like I usually buy my meat like in like the bulker, <clears throat> the bigger packs, and freeze it. Mm-hmm. So. I just know that the the chicken tends to be cheaper, depending on, like, what cut you buy, too. Mm-hmm. But I do buy a lot of bone-in chicken thighs. Like, the like if you buy boneless, skinless chicken thighs, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than bone-in chicken on, or skin on, chicken on, mm-hmm. <laughs> than chicken on, um, skin on, because there's, that, like, that extra labor cost of something or so- someone removing the skin and removing the bone. The processing fee, you would yeah. say. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good point. And funny thing about the, that, a whole chicken is going to be cost less than than buying blah 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 because again, same thing. <laughs> you, you know, when the pandemic first hit, actually, I was started buying three packs of whole chickens from Quality Foods because they would be like they'd be like fifteen bucks for three whole chickens. Yeah, like super it was ridiculous. Cheap. You have to cut them. You have to process them all yourself. But there's like YouTube videos. I just everyone, if anyone wants to learn how to process a chicken really well, just look up the Gordon Ramsay chicken thing on YouTube. It's three minutes long. It's efficient as fuck. Yeah, just and it's super it perfect. It's, yeah, it's really well. It's like a standard thing. It's just there, and that's the one I look at too. Because I don't remember exactly how to do it. Because there's certain like there's a good order to do it. Oh, and it depends. You have to make sure there's no kidneys in it. Because <laughs> uh, you don't want to eat any if you. I've seen this happen if you buy a fried chicken, if you have, like, the leg part, mm-hmm. and then um, sometimes they're supposed to not be there, but sometimes there'll be the kidney in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I always check when I have fried chicken because the kidney is, like, really toxic. Like, you're not supposed to eat it, and it's supposed to be removed. So don't eat the chicken kidneys. Try to get them out if they're still in your whole chicken or even check your fried chicken. Whenever there's been guts or anything in there, I always throw those out. I never knew what they were. I just always throw them out. Some, I think they're... I don't it know if it's, they're like gizzards. It's because when it gets fried, like you, it doesn't even seem like it's like guts. It almost seems like it's just like a, like a pocket of like weird meat. So I want to say, when you're saying fried chicken, are you talking about like actually deep frying? Or are you talking about like an actual fried chicken? Like it's called fried chicken, but it's like because it's a type of chicken. No, like deep fried. Okay, sorry. Is when you're saying you found a kidney in a deep fried piece of chicken? Yeah, a lot. I've never come across that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna say just one more thing as a benefit. And also, I've seen them in whole raw chickens mm-hmm. and like taking them out. I gotcha. So. I was just gonna say that as a one more point to your thing was that uh, why bone in chicken is way better though is because if you again it's not hard as hard as people think but. Because you get more out of it because it costs less and you also get to keep bone for stock after. So you can make really yes. good stock and it's always better than anything you can get from better than bouillon. As much as I love that stuff. Mm, so and much it, better. Yeah, but it is, uh, it's really good. So the next thing would be uh, versatility in cooking. Okay, well I already kind of feel like I talked about that. <clears throat> kind of. And I did a little bit with pork, but I just wanted to then finish what I was going to say towards that though. Because okay. you have the pork belly. Uh, 
And then, which is like obviously turned into bacon and a lot of things too. And a lot of curing with pork, which makes, is probably one of the best things for like sauce and making sausages out of that as well. Like it's just the pork is just the best for all that stuff. Plus you can eat the nose and the ears for different stuff. There's pig ears. <laughs> people eat in the hook, hot and the hawks and shit. Like you can use every part of the pork and it's common yeah. for a lot of people. And so I think it's, pigs are really universal animals aside from just being like a, cut out from some religions for certain reasons or some people for certain health reasons. Uh, pork isn't that bad of meat though. If it's well taken care of and it's not like, like an unreliable factory and shit like that, it can be healthy. as long as it's cooked thoroughly, but pork, pork always has to be cooked <laughs> yeah. thoroughly. You can't rare, you can't cook that shit rare ever. Uh, I want to say though, my favorite thing with pork in that is for versatility is pulled pork. Cause you, I don't think there are a few things on earth better than a fucking great pulled pork sandwich. Mm. It's perfect, man. And Pretty the good, good. thing, and they're and they're cheap and those are cheap cuts like they're it's expensive it, like it seems expensive up front but it like feeds a lot of people because it's really fucking rich with all yeah. the, with everything you put in there because you just makes the fat back in it's good shit so the like yeah no uh so yeah there's like pulled pork roasted pork loin the bacon the curing um sausages obviously there's uh the pigs are i think it's a lot more common to use every part of the pig and again to your credit your chicken's credit Chickens are more accessible by far because, like, people can just buy a whole chicken and break it down at home. That's a very easy thing for one person to do, but buying a whole pig is a much bigger ordeal. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is that with the how versatile these uh, the use of all this pig stuff is, is that they are, it's universally more industrialized off the bat because of how widespread they are, like pig's feet and pig ear and shit like that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. on top of that, too, like, they're used for dog toy, dog treats and stuff like that. Like, a lot of pig things like that are used for like these animal treats so it all gets used up in good ways so and that's not always for humans but i say as a former dog owner uh they love those pig ear things <laughs> they think they're fucking tasty yeah. it's like a deep fried pig ear uh what do you think is the best part of the meat like the best cuts or the best part of your chicken i can't just pick one. Ooh, really i can easy thigh man Chicken thigh is the best. Oh, yeah, that's true. Chicken thigh is the absolute best because that itself is so fucking versatile. I do buy those the most. <laughs> They're the best. They taste the best. They have the best They have the best bones, for, like, everything like that. It's the dark meat, so it's the richest. But also, they're the most like versatile for cooking like chicken valentine or just doing a straight-up roasted thigh and stuff like that. But they're good if you cook them in like sauces, too, because they get a shit done. Like, <laughs> no, chicken thighs are dope. Like, it's Thanks. the best part. Thank you like, for taking that over for me. Yeah. For pig, though, I'm going to say the belly, honestly, because it's like the, again, you get the, the pig belly is used for so many amazing things. Uh, again, you cook that in a pressure cooker and uh, like we may, I've made bon mis before um, in a secret club I can't talk about, but okay, it's a secret, so I can't talk about it, uh-huh. but bon mis, so we pressure cooked a whole uh, a pig belly and it was like ridiculous. It was like a pulled pork bacon. It was like, cause that's what bacon is, is strips of pig belly that's cured pork belly that's yeah. cured and um that itself though fine tippy i'll pet you <laughs> and it was like pulled pork bacon it was ridiculously how delicious it was Yum. too but then also as for and i this is more out of my wheelhouse i've never done it before but i because i watched all of matt i think i watched the first four seasons of master chef canada it's really cute in the first season this one dude he won on his he almost won on his pork belly where he fried it and look he fried it made it all crispy and shit because that's the one thing that chinese cooking is apparently really good at is making things crispy which i have mm-hmm. to say i've never had real chinese food i've only had like american chinese food but it looks really good so it looks crispy 
Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, the babe, the belly is the best part for the uh, pig. That's friendly fights. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, I feel like we had some good points. I feel like I definitely won, but you know, you, <laughs> you, you won because you like argued both sides for the most part. Because I talked the most. <laughs> I did want to say though that uh, in the future, actually, we could do improve this by like I let you know ahead of time. I don't know why I couldn't have done that. <laughs> I wanted home team advantage, home field advantage. So it didn't work out because I stole your candy cane. <sighs> you did. Choice, so my my control backfired. My controlled um... opposition. Because I let you. Yeah. So stay tuned, and then we're going to do our year. Oh, are we going to take a break, or are we going to reflect? Dude, go. We're good. Sure, sure. See, dude, we're going to have a... Oh, yeah, we have a reflection and a, um, a, a montage I, I've made up without showing Gummy Bear. <laughs> and I don't even know what's in it, so... And I hope she doesn't kill me. <laughs> I take no responsibility... I take no responsibility either. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Here's a montage of what I think are the most interesting or noteworthy things uh, that we've said in the last year. All right. Yeah, so... Enjoy. I I hope that I I don't... I hope that Gummy Bear doesn't kill me. (laughs) Welcome to the Canadian Pirate Cast. I'm your host, Captain Beckham Kidd. I'm Gummy Bear. Quartermaster Gummy Bear. By the way, Gummy Bear, I must say, he'd be much prettier if you smiled more. Oh. Anyway. (laughs) Plus, also, there's no way to kill somebody like that that's not fucking terrible. Like, lethal injection sucks, guillotine sucks, like, apparently the guillotine wasn't as, like... There's no convenient way to execute a person is another issue I have with it. So it's almost like I'd rather just have an island and banish them to that. I feel like I'd feel like I'd be more comfortable with like banishing people to an island. Kind of like a God. Is there any movies based on that? <laughs> oh God, I forgot. That's how Australia was created. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I forgot Australia existed. <laughs> this whole silent area is gonna be cut loose. Gonna cut that. We're also gonna edit out the parts where I say edit that out because I don't like it in podcasts and leaving edit that out because why wouldn't you edit that shit out? <laughs> or if you're like, oh no, I'm not gonna edit it out, then edit that part out. <laughs> We're gonna edit all this editing out because fuck that. I hate when people leave the word edit in there. It's fucking bullshit. What's wrong with our country now? Everything! (laughs) So, they're making a restricting thing with its own safeguards. That's fucking stupid. Why are you making a dangerous bill? Like, oh, this bill is so dangerous. This bill, this amalgamation thing that we're going to put into the Canadian politics is dangerous in itself. So we have to put safeguards for this dangerous thing. How about you don't? Don't put the beast in there if it needs fucking safeguards. We need it. It needs to be thought out a bit more. You're wasting your time. Let's talk about giving the um, the indigenous communities clean fucking drinking water. How about the how about a bill for that? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's not fucking do this. Fucking time wasting assholes. The fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm actually angry now. The rage of gummy bear has awoken. How many governors do we have? We have one governor? We don't one? have governors. This is Canada. I know, but it's like the same, you know what I mean? Like, so, they're roughly the same. No. Thing. So like, is he a seat in the chair in the house of the cabinet or something? He's the leader? He's the leader of BC. Of BC. Is the island not independent? Oh, okay. But, like I said, stock photos, they're diverse as fuck. 
There were no ugly kids that made me think that Bill might be wrong. God, if there was <laughs> one fucking ugly kid in there, I would have been like, fuck Bill. Hey, we're vlogging here. Get out. <laughs> These are trees. These are odd trees. These are odd trees. The PPC party basically exists because Maxine Bernier fucking threw a little tantrum for not winning the conservative leadership. <laughs> I want to hear you talk more about that because I don't know as much about that as you do. Stay with me now. They want Quebec votes. Yeah. Opinion thoughts. Yeah, she doesn't fucking choose. <laughs> Well, and you know what I would like to know? Lot, what are, kind uh, of fucked up shit the old people in this town are doing? Well, I wonder how many guilds how, so how many, many are in these yards. Quebec was the very last province in Canada to allow women to vote. The end. That's um, my that's my factoid for today. Bye. Thirteen provinces and territories, or whatever we have. Mm-hmm. We have thirteen or twelve. How many do we have? Now we'll find that out next episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a fucking verb it sounds like a verb oh sorry we should preface on the show too the show's not for kids let's sorry get that out of the way right now <laughs> fuck <laughs> by the way this is not rated feature this is rated R yeah sure let's say that five minutes in after laying down the <laughs> Jacuzzi filled with poutine. I'm kidding, I hate poutine. So, after that... And you're gonna say that on the Canadian... Oh my god, on the Canada Day episode. Telemarketer. Fuck you, telemarketer. I'm busy podcasting. This is the most important interview of this channel. What is the difference between a duck? (laughs) <laughs> Captain's Kitchen! Oh, I love that enthusiasm too. It's just like, we're. we're I like, want a cookie! But yeah, I can talk about it or just like quickly. This is super. Off. I can't believe I'm eating noodle crunchy ass chocolatey noodles right now. This is delicious! Okay, so this was. This is also very easy to make. Do not buy pre grated cheese. That is. Welcome. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. There's no way around it. Oh my time. god, this is like, these are, these are the dirtiest, sexiest donuts I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Albertans claim they invented them, calling them smog bars. What a terrible name. Oh, I thought this was accurate to the time in Alberta. Oh, here's that where they inserted it. Uh, just, no, I was just gonna say that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I realized how dirty it was. Where the jelly was inserted. They, 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 they pumped that donut full of jelly. Oh my god. So it just filled that fill, fill. It's like lace on top, too, so. I didn't realize how dirty ooh, pastry bacon ooh. was. French toast or waffles? Fight! Oh, what? Yeah, it's the pick between French toast or waffles. <laughs> it has been decided oh, at the no. battle on top of the mountaintop. No. There are two. Only one to remain. <laughs> one. A crispy piece of toast slapped in an egg, fried in a pan to brown perfection. The other one, a rippled <laughs> waffle. 14, 16 pack of doughy rigidness that you can eat butter off of. 
with syrup glistening over it. Only one can remain. Gummy bear. Which do you pick? <laughs> <laughs> Brings in like me comes down to me like loving apple pie. I'm like that's a pie, which is the best. Yeah. Yeah, I know everyone says their dad makes the best apple pie, but my dad like, actually makes the best apple pie, so everyone can suck it. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to argue. I thought you still asked me, like, it's kind questions. Of Jeez. Oh, man, I don't See, know. I guess it's all the edibles. I think the fight is out of me. The edibles have made it so friendly. So it's like, <laughs> I think. I don't want to play with you, man. They're both good. <laughs> Do not follow Captain Captain's Kitchen if you want healthy food and to live a long, healthy, active life with the most solid poops. This is a <laughs> cooking channel oh if you God. want good tasting food that makes you your heart feel great. Don't forget your fiber supplements. How do we get to this? Um, well, I asked you a really mundane question. I anyway, guess. moving on. <laughs> Captain, I would like to award you with the world's best podcast host award. Oh my god, thank you so much, Gummy Bear. I would like to award you with the world's tallest podcast co-host award of all time, because you're taller than every other podcast co-host on Earth. When we get famous enough, we're going to hire hype men just to chant Captain K to Gummy Bear behind us slowly. Like, and so I'm like, Captain I'm K. I'm so on board. What is I, Gummy Bear? Who am I? What is me? This is not the time for an existential crisis. We're having a show today. Am I even real? Is this all a dream? Well, it might be. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, and just like, looking at a corpse. We're just like, I made this. How, what caused <laughs> this to happen? Be on my table. Let's dissect it. World's worst couple goes on vacation <laughs> to a creepy, a creepy, <laughs> and people, and people get, and someone gets the end. Yeah, that, Sorry, go. It, 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 I don't know, man. It, it definitely just annoyed the crap out of me. But it wasn't as bad as Final Fantasy X. Where you had to go find the same spheres everywhere. Oh, and if you died, fine. that was it. You had to go back to the same sphere. If you couldn't yeah. find if you were somewhere in that stupid sphere grid temple, whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That where you had to bring the balls and move the, the toes. Oh my god. <laughs> I have that music. Dra uh, like drilled into my head from that game. Uh, I'm never gonna try to. Re uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I'm never gonna. <laughs> 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 <Okay>. <laughs> oh God. So I think her character model is kind of made on like a young Ellen Page, and I, I mean this before the transitions. So I don't feel like that should be offensive. Activate PC mod. But this is because that's what I think who the character was modeled off of, because it's very distinct. Oh, you're... It, it does really look. Him. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it is. Him. Doesn't he do the voice? 
I don't think I don't think he does. I'm pretty sure I look this up, but because everyone says that it looks like him, but it's not actually. It could just be a coincidence. One that sticks out for me, anyways, and I'll always remember because it was a great music cue. Was Red Dead Redemption when you're riding into Mexico, you start oh. cresting over a hill at night. There's a sunrise and uh, far away plays from Jose Gonzalez. And it's just so perfect because it comes in at the exact perfect moment. You're controlling the horse and everything, but the music just comes in at the right time. It, you know, everything aligns perfectly. And that's one video game moment that I will always remember. And that song itself, I will always remember. And The Last of Us soundtrack is another thing that I will always remember because of all the things I've been able to use with it or just using it to to set the tone of literally anything if I'm quietly sitting in my room reading something I put it on because it it's just lovely I uh, I couldn't agree with more on uh, more, enough more with that um with that analysis, and I'm so glad you said the name of that song because I I also remember that moment you're talking about in Red Dead Redemption. That was that's iconic in the series in how it's coming over the sunset. It's in the story beat where after you've done like a huge mission and you just unlock New Mexico because you can't go down before because like you know Rockstar games limit off the different areas. And yeah, like the entire the music in that game is good, but there's no kind of really lyrical song the entire time. And then when you get that. It just the I agree with you that, that will also be like that'll be in my like heart forever that, and like in, in, as a gamer sorry that's a really good point is the, the non vocals music I just that was something that I always thought of but I, I I wasn't really reminiscing about now that I think of it yeah that entire game there's no lyrics at all but you get to this new land you get to Mexico and then all of a sudden there's lyrics and you're like, whoa, it's chilling. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Ah, the nostalgia. Ugh. Oh, God. So good. So good. Yeah, thank you for I will not that. respond to any questions about ducks, okay? Just got to make that really clear right now. That cat is beautiful. Dummy bear. We are sure talking about uh, quite a few complicated issues today. Well, that's our whole thing, isn't that what we, we want? That's why we're pirates. We would like to talk about complicated issues because they're nuanced. Absolutely. Okay, so quickly, while we just took a smoke break, a uh, YouTube thing came up that was really retarded. So, <laughs> sorry, stu- well, it was stupid and retarded. So... <laughs> It's uh, the government's unsmoke Canada thing that I'm going to expand with. But, okay, it opened up with smoking equals smoke. Smoke equals... And then, like, so many so many constituents getting smoke inhalation. But I was like... The thing that I was like, I thought was retarded was smoking equals smoke. Yeah, it's called smoking. It's a verb, you fucking idiots. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, they're... Again, they're... It's... I know what they're... I get what they're trying to do, but it's, it's fucking condescending, I think. And on top of that... My question is that when they're they're spending all this money to get people to stop smoking, they're going to lose a bunch of money, tax money from people not smoking. So, like, what's their 
That sounds a little outdated. They're fucking idiots. Like, let people, like, yeah, people shouldn't smoke because it's bad for you, but this is a waste of their, fu- this is a waste of their fucking money, man. Like, if, yeah, like, just focus on not getting kids to smoke. But, uh, anyway, <sighs> that was just my two cents on that. Or at least <laughs> do and don't be a condescending dick about it. Okay. Sorry, anyway. Uh, reflection time, though. <laughs> I don't think I have anger issues. I think I'm fine oh there. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, seriously, though, looking back on Canadian Pyrocast, uh, like, yeah, so, because I ended up, I wanted, I did want to make a montage of, like, just favorite moments in the year. But, uh, so I ended up listening, like, re-watching all of our episodes, or most of our episodes, except for, like, the last couple months, because the last couple months are still pretty fresh, and I've already right. listened to them in different times. Do you have anything? Do you want me to ramble first, Gummy Bear? Before you oh, say yeah, it? go ahead. Uh, always, always Captain Kid going first. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I, well, first thing I want to say looking back on it is I think it's hilarious because we're only now finally calling it just um, discount education as like what I learned in school. Because even in the very first episodes where we're like history friends and shit, that was shit I learned in school that <laughs> I still want to talk about because yeah. it was like fresh from the semester and we just started after I'd finished. So I was like, yeah, so I've always been talking about shit I learned in school, and now we're just going to keep it consistently that, but I think it's funny that, like, even in the beginning, we're like, oh, these are all different things. Like, fuck, just school shit. It's just school shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And it's one final lesson for the year, because this is something from my first year of college I learned, and I think it's important for everybody. It's what I learned from <clears throat> sociology. Nothing is anyone's individual's fault. It's all society's fault. You are not responsible <laughs> for your actions. It is all something oh else's God. fault. Greater macro scales are causing all of your terrible behavior, and you are innocent in this. You had no agency the entire time. You were just a floating automaton that got structured by everything around you, and you had no agency whatsoever during the entire time. Final lesson for the year. <laughs> Uh, but no, like realistically, um, joking aside, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously I think that, uh, we've, I don't know. I think we've improved in certain things and I think, oh, yeah. I think our editing's gotten better and we've cleaned up things and left things we left in before is a bit, were a bit sloppy and we've touched that up a bit. I, I don't know if I'm any better at speaking because <laughs> I always feel like I'm just kind of going off the cuff because I'm like, I'm trying to, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is trying to watch how many my fillers, like my ums, ands, and so on, like those, because those would just be a breath if you didn't say anything, and it just fills up, like, it, it's just it's it's just filling stuff up. But I I've always had a problem with talking, just word vomiting, and being like ah da 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 da, because my brain's always like ramping so fast. I I've really had a lot of fun doing this though. This has actually been like one of the funnest things in the year, and there's like tedious aspects to it. Like the edit, sometimes like the editing and re-listening mm-hmm. it too, because like to get again, I know that it's, it's we a lot had, of work. Well, we edit differently, but like for me, because I'm so like neurotic, because I'm so just neurotic about it. I listen to an episode about three times before it's like out before it's podcast. That's that's released, and that's after recording. So yeah, I uh, I don't. Know, I've really I think that I like that we've just kind of touched up our segments and kind of just kind of gotten things more into a tight umbrella for what we do. I don't regret the rage of kid, but I don't <laughs> like I I don't. Uh, it was just it was like I I just I see that it was not the best way to do it. Yeah. So I'm gonna drink to that to learning that yeah that was not the best way to harness my rage. Yeah. So cheers, everybody. Captain Kid doesn't drink very often because he's a shit pirate, but <laughs> cheers, though. Cheers. 
Happy New Year and shit. <laughs> Yo ho, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, and I have a snack to celebrate, too. Oh, God. I don't want it. I don't want it. Salt and pepper haggis flavored chips. No, thank you. Can you please try one? Please. I will I will try a bite of one, but I like I'm not. It'll, it'll make us go viral. We'll go viral and we'll become millionaires. No, yes, that's we will. not gonna happen because I we're gonna be this. bigger than Ryan from Ryan's World. <laughs> Ryan, we're coming for you, bud. We're gonna outdo you on views. You will be our <laughs> subject. We're not even on YouTube, but okay. Fuck YouTube. <laughs> YouTube just censors everybody, and they're just backward ass words, hypocrites. Wow, that face is pretty intense. <laughs> you you feel like you dramatic. feel like you feel like I'm shoveling like a tentacle in your mouth, <laughs> like something from an like a whole octopus tentacle. How do you think about your salt and pepper haggis chip? I think the brand was McCracken's or something. It was a gift from my mom. They're interesting. I mean, like, it's not like I want to go puke right now, but, like, it's like, eh. Eh. Well, you know... Meh. You Four know, out of ten. Well, fun thing about haggis, actually, if you're interested, because I learned this, learned this from an actual historian that is authentic. Way sweeter than it should be. I don't like it. Well, it's probably not real haggis. Like, I imagine it's very... <laughs> it's no, probably... it's flavored bullshit. Okay. Obviously not. I was, <laughs> was going to say, though, that... So I learned this from an actual historian, and here's how I know he's authentic. He had a scraggly beard. He had a interesting, <laughs> like, circular cap on with an intricate design around the top being flat with a button on top. He had glasses. He had a vest on, and his name was Gunther. He is definitely a historian. You just, by that aesthetic, you can, t- and he's an old man, too, so he's obviously a historian. He's telling me that Haggis was a siege food. So he says it's like Scottish people that are trying to cling on to it, and these are his words, not mine. I don't want, I don't want to offend anyone Scottish, but this is what he said. Is that they're idiots for celebrating it as if it's some traditional food that they should be like, oh, like we we like eating this, like it tastes shitty on purpose because he said it was siege food. So basically, like back in the day when you were like again in a siege and you couldn't get resources in or out, stealing food is a problem. Living on a pirate ship and resource management, we understand this. So what's the solution to that? Have a food that nobody is really willing to eat or won't eat a lot of. You you eat what you have to to survive, and then that's it. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense if you think about it as like far as a food structure goes. So it's a it's a good food. That's probably better for siege food than gingerbread because it's protein. So it sustains you longer. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, in regards to doing the podcast, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more comfortable talking than I did at the beginning. I mean, I still have my moments, but... Sorry to interrupt. I was gonna say you've you have gotten like a lot better at enunciating. Sorry, I should have said yeah. that. I should have said I should have given you credit for like that. I just was like, oh, sorry, I got I'm self absorbed. I'm just gonna hide my face now. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, I there's just like you know, whenever you're doing anything that that you're gonna be putting yourself out there in any way, even if it's even if you're. Uh, face isn't involved uh, can be a little uh, scary <laughs> and uh, definitely there like have been some moments uh, that I find are cringy or regretful but that's just going to be a part of it and 
I've gotten better at accepting that. So like, you know, uh, it's been fun. Hmm. And I think the last couple of months, maybe I've been a little bit rocky with keeping up with things. We're always late on the news and, uh, well, I'm looking forward to next year and some things I would, I want to cover since we've had a little bit of a break and such, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. I'm terrified for the next four months because I'm, I'm going to have a whole extra class and, uh, it's, so it'll be just, uh, all more, it'll be just more, a lot more of everything and I'm sure I'll be able to handle it, but I'm just, uh, yeah, well, we can set the, our own pace for this, so that's okay. <laughs> no, no, I know. I just I'm talking about life, man. I'm not even talking about the podcast. I'm just talking about life. Oh, I feel you. That's yeah. If you do. That aside, though, uh, fuck, I just did uh, again. Mm. Ah, I'm the worst. Ah. ah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Anybody who's been listening. Yeah. I, uh, we appreciate it. I was actually going to say as a one follow thing, as I guess said, the idea of putting yourself out there, I have a weird, almost, almost different attitude towards it because like, I think that in my weird head, I would think like nobody has any obligation to care about anything I say. And if they do, that's fine, but they're not obligated to. So I'm like, eh, whatever I say, it's fine. <laughs> if, they like, if they like it, they will. If they don't like it, that's fine too. It is what it is. <laughs> I just like, I'm a little bit more of a nervous disposition than you, I think, so. I know. Also, I'm probably I'm probably just like because I'm an idiot, so I'm just running into it. Like, oh, nothing could go wrong. I say like shit. Like, let's revive Hitler, and I said like stupid. Nothing's going wrong. No, nothing's going wrong. <laughs> but I'm just like laying the groundwork to be like canceled in the future for making jokes about telling you you should smile more and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry. It was uh, you would be prettier if you smiled more. <laughs> That was it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just talking about like shit because as we get more sensitive in the future, that's what's gonna get me canceled in ten years. <sighs> It'll be worth it. I'm just a anthropomorphic gelatinous blob. You know what I want to do next year as a New Year's resolution is on top of smoking. I want to smoke. I want to cut down how much weed I smoke because I have a problem with that. So I want to cut that back. You shouldn't say that out loud. Why? Because the thing your brain does, you're not supposed to say it. It's just true though. I just like, I can count it up, man. I count I count up how much I smoke. It's not I don't smoke I don't smoke the right amount. It just is what it is, man. I'm not I'm not really proud of it. I'm a little ashamed, but it well, is what it is. I'm not gonna talk about New Year's resolutions. So. Dude, that's your thing. I'm just talking about me. Well, I want to get back to talking about local news personally for me, like mm-hmm. proper local waters because <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of gapped on that. Last month. Yeah. Okay, happy new year, everybody. 2022. All right. Well, happy new year and whatever you celebrate or whatever and stuff like this. 2022. Hopefully things become less draconian and like, you know, (laughs) dictatory and stuff. Let's see. Maybe we'll have another election. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in Canada? Maybe another Trudeau scandal will happen. That's what I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Most certainly it will. And, uh, yeah, no, I guess um, that's it for this year. I hope we find out that he pees his pants. Oh, my God. Okay. Happy New Year, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. So sit down, sit down, sit down. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling out the way it won't do much good. 
Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast. We appreciate your attention. Please reach out to us on our Canadian PirateCast email, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Like, sub, share. You know the drill. We love it when people reach out with comments or feedback. We also have personal social media accounts if you want another meaningless Facebook friend or a silly Instagram account to follow. Be good to yourself. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye.